Hello, everybody. Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 277 for the week of September 7, 2013. I'm your host, Chris Privetier, here with two special guests and one regular awesome special person. First off, my wife and former RP Gamer reviewer and current PR strategist, social media expert, lady who brings me extra paychecks every month, it's Anna Marie Privetier. <laughs> Emphasis. The thing that he likes the most is the paychecks. Damn right. And following that, we've got RP Gamer's resident video expert and email server admin, Ed Walker. <laughs> Hi. Hi. Also the guy that fixes the forums. Finally, we've got a guy who hangs out with Ed and makes fun of me. Josh, don't know your last name. All Tally. right. I feel so what fucking What is your last special. name? Tally. Tally? Tally. Tally. Like the char- character in Mass Effect? No. Oh. <laughs> Look at the bright side. This is uh, Chris's. You know, knowing of people's names is starting out like some of his interviews. That's right. I have to ask him <laughs> before every interview. What's your name? What's your What's your name? I don't know your name. What's your name? What What? Who are you? Why am I here? No, I know who they are and why I'm here. I just don't know what their name is. Yeah, we also need to remember to have have you start making sure that they uh, say their first and last name mm-hmm. on camera, and preferably spell it. Well, I and oh you just okay. clapboard. Hmm, that's no, true. Clap, clapboard is overkill. You need for a clap trap. This. There was a there what there was one there. There was. I, I do remember that. All right, Ed and Josh are here because we went to PAX and they saw games with us, and everyone else who went to PAX with us isn't here. Um, yeah. So we figured, it's, hey, let's have PAX people on. It's because it's early. Everyone else that went is it's it's nine o'clock on a weekend. Yeah, yeah, but Michael's been awake for an hour, more than. Oh, because he was tweeting about it. Then he should be here. You you think right? Only when required by law. That's right. And uh, let me you know, find his name here. Fortunately, Skype does not violate the restraining order, so he has no trouble being here. So, anyway, let's <laughs> let's start talking about the show. Um, instead of what we've been playing this week, let's just focus about on packs because that'll take long enough. I'll wait, except that there are things... Well, whatever. Let's just start talking about games. Games. Hey, what's Games. Up? Games. All right. I want to let our special Games. guests go first, because, you know, they have the honor of being our special guests. Guys, we went to Seattle. You live there. I went there. Anna Marie went there. You live there. Yep. I went there. Anna Marie went there. You uh, live I- there. Are we going to move on, or are we just going to keep this up for a while? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't live there. I would. I wouldn't live in. Seattle well, you live itself. in Everett. No, north of it. Kingston. No. Kickapoo. No. Canada. Kickapoo's not even in Washington. <laughs> no. Wait, Kickapoo is a real place. Yeah, of course it is. Oh, Where do you awesome. live? What I live in Marysville. Marys Marysville. No, oh, no wonder nobody knows it. All right, so. <laughs> I want to know. Mary Sue. I want to know, Ed. <laughs> what did you play at PAX? You're doing this because you know exactly what I, I played. Know. Yes. Because I was having to follow you guys around, and honestly, there wasn't really much that really interested me as far as like, oh my god, I have to play this. And uh, we, as as a group, we were like bored and going. There's a there's a new EDF in one of the places. We should go play that. What's EDF? Earth, Earth Defense, Defense Force. Force. This is Thank a game you. where I shoot all the bugs, Anna. 
Oh, that terrible game? Yeah, but they're bugs and you shoot them. The new one's even better. <laughs> How dare you, Anna? How dare you? We should play yeah. that after this. Oh, yeah, we totally should. I only after? have it on Why don't we play it right it on, now while we're I only have it on Xbox. You, sir, well, are a loser. No. That's right. You should feel sad. But yes, EDF 2025 by Sandlot. Um, we played that, and it was it was pretty fun. Uh, unfortunately, they only had it for the console. It's not available for PC release, nor did they have a slotted date for PC release. Uh, and, but and I was terrible because I don't play first-person or third-person shooters with a controller ever, and I was really bad. You were, and you should feel ashamed of yourself. I called an airstrike on my own head. I had fun. Good I was job. shooting bugs with That's like, rockets. Because you also shot glow sticks that did nothing. <laughs> yeah. I had a glow stick launcher. It was awesome. I had no clue what it was doing. I <sighs> used that, didn't I? I thought no. I did. Oh, I no, used you, the were, you were playing the, 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 the flying character. Well, no, but then I switched to another character who had like big glowy purple things. I shot at things and it blew oh, everything yeah, up. Oh, yeah, the giant... Giant minigun or whatever. Yeah. No, I, yeah, the minigun, and then had a different loadout, and you blew... Th- oh, man, that game's fun. <laughs> let's go play. Forget this. Let's Everyone, let's go play. <laughs> Screw the podcast. <laughs> We've got bugs to kill. <laughs> How much is this game on PC? Earth there. Defense Force. I was working on trying to log into my Steam. My Steam is logged in on my laptop in the other room, and oh I don't remember... Oh, my gosh. It's only it $10. I was really? going to... Just buy it for you and send it to you because you should have it. Well, I'll let you do that then. Uh, Give me the complete get... pack for eleven ninety nine that has all the DLC. I, I would, I would That's need to. Hmm. I don't even know that I have that. Well, get it. Otherwise, all the DLC is a buck a piece. That's no fun. Wow. You know what's funny? Oh this, yeah, I do have it. This older version of the game on PC looks better than the new version we were playing <laughs> because uh, it's on PC. <laughs> Not really. No, no. The graphics in the new one were better, oh, okay. but uh, yeah, even for being console, I guess I'm looking at high resolution like bees and stuff that look better than the ants we were killing. I hate those far. goddamn bees. <laughs> Why don't I own this? I'm put on my wish list, and I'll wait for it to show up magically in my Steam. All right. So, in addition to that, that you didn't play anything else, Ed, right? Uh, not directly. All right. What is the? Okay, let's let's try it this way. What was the most interesting thing you saw someone else playing? I stumped you. <laughs> wow. I'm trying to. Go, I'm going through like everything else that we were. Honestly, you can hear him shuffling through his memories. I. I that's what I do. Honestly, it probably would be Final Fantasy XIV. I played that a little bit in the beta, Ooh. but um, seeing some of the stuff that people were doing, like with the uh, the Titan battle, um, that that's one that I'm, I'm very likely to to pick up. Okay, regarding Final Fantasy XIV, um, I've been playing that outside of PAX, and I played the Titan battle at PAX. That Titan battle was awesome. So they had this setup. They had the launch party. The official U.S. launch party was at PAX, and you go in there and you could make a character. Or you could go wait for an hour in a line and fight Titan, and if you win, you get a t-shirt. So I'm like, well, I don't care about the t-shirt, but I do want to fight Titan. So I waited in line. We strategized. We had, we're going to do this and that and this and the other, and then people t- trading strategies. You guys, you guys failed. 
and we yeah we failed um but, but there was a lot of strategic talk <laughs> and that was fun so we understood how the fight worked just people sucked at executing what they were supposed to do and so we we go through and we and it was a really fun fight uh titan's one of the big elemental summons in the game and boss for some other reason and so it was a big battle uh real fun uh then i've gone and played more final fantasy 14 outside of the outside of packs anna's been playing too he paused for Anna to interject something like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I, have, uh, I finally have a character on Leviathan. As do I, which is apparently the official RP Gamer join up with a server. So Leviathan US, there, we have a free company that's, that you can join. Um, we probably should make a link shell as well, Anna. Um, yeah, we should probably do that as well in case people are already in a free company and they just want to chat with other RP Gamer folks. So I'll get on that today. Um we have a free company you can join, and I've been leveling what we went in yesterday. You're level 12. I'm level 10. Um, 13. Oh, you're 13. Okay. And I'm 11 then. And I am a gladiator, and I'm enjoying the heck out of the questing experience, except one issue. So I've been playing more Final Fantasy 14. I'm looking forward to getting to high levels and being able to do that fun content like the Titan fight. But I gotta tell you, Anna, the low levels kind of feel like WoW before they got really good at writing quest lines. Um, my issue with fourteen is that it makes you spend two hours wandering around town before it tells you to go outside and kill stuff. It wasn't two hours, but I know. Well, I got smart when I rolled my character on Leviathan because I said, "Screw the quests." I immediately went outside, got to level six, and then did all of the town stuff. Why? Because. I it's, wasn't bored doing it that way. Oh, okay. It's more more gooder that way. Well, I mean, you're still doing the town running around stuff. Also, so. a bunch of the town running around stuff gives you quests, gives you rewards that are level 5 equipment. Mm, okay. A couple do, yes. Um, so, oh, that that's that's kind of my big deal. Is like their questing feels, it's not like vanilla WoW or anything like that, but it's, it's not quite where WoW is. And the reason I compare it to WoW is because it feels like the the game is like well let's reimagine a Final Fantasy MMO in a world where World of Warcraft exists and it's like well here's all these things that we stole from that and it's got some unique um, modifications to it that feel better and uh, uh, like that armory chest and stuff like that that uh, that that stores all your equipment so it doesn't use up slots in your inventory oh I love it and organizes things they've got an auto sort on their bags if you want it they've got customized customizable ui coming out the wazoo it just feels like an mmo that people complained about for two years and every single complaint people had they did something to fix it which it is um <laughs> that's kind of exactly what's going on with 14 so um it, it really shows and i appreciate a lot of that streamlining it's one of the better uh there are very few MMOs, I would say, that have really good UI designs that that feel like they've designed to make the experience of playing the game fun. And this is one of the games that falls into that. And I, I think it'll get even better when they eventually allow add-ons and whatnot. But uh, uh, it is it is a fun game to play. It's got great sound effects, great, uh, very good graphics. Some of the textures, though, they're old. And you can tell they're old and they're low res. And I don't know what's up with that. So... Some of the textures are really great, and some of the textures are like, why does that look like crap? So I'm hoping they do some graphical passes on this thing, because... Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, we talked about 14 a couple weeks ago. So you you saw people playing 14, Ed. That's what you liked best that you saw. And so I guess, Josh, what did you play? 
Uh, <laughs> I played EDF 2025. <laughs> Wait, seriously? You only played one game as well? I, I have a pretty good excuse. I was recovering from t- food toxicity. What is so that I, I wasn't willing it's to wait ca- in line for a lot of stuff. Oh, I know. It, it's like food poisoning, but not quite as bad. Yeah, not quite as bad, but it still makes you feel miserable. Um, <clears throat> that aside, uh, there was a number of things that I looked at since that was the next part of your question. Yeah. Uh, one was actually right next to the booth where Anna was, which was Le- uh, Legend of Dungeon by Robot Loves Kitty. I bought that. Yeah, that I looks said, pretty interesting. That. I'm going to buy that. I've seen a quick look of it on Giant Bomb, and I have yet to play it since coming home. So <clears throat> tell me about what does it look like to you? Well, the the nice thing about that is uh, it's a four-player co-op roguelike. And I just like the fact that it's a roguelike that's actually co-op. Um. And they did, uh, you know, it's a roguelike, so everything's procedurally generated. They even have the music is procedurally generated. Oh, cool. Uh, the, the guy who uh, composed the music, um, s- while he did make a soundtrack, he also split it up into a couple of hundred samples. And so then those samples are pieced together depending on what's going on in the game system itself. Um, as far as the co-op is concerned, you know, it's a roguelike, so people die. And when you die, instead of, well, you're out of the game, screw you, uh, you become a ghost. And then when your fellow co-opers uh, kill stuff, they drop a little ghost experience. And if you're able to get enough ghost experience, you can res back in. Um, you res at whatever level you were at previously, but all of your equipment was dropped. So you better hope you've got some friends who are willing to grab your equipment and then give it back to you uh, when you come back into the game. Mm. So I'm definitely not playing this with Fox and Michael. No. <laughs> I yet. learned from four swords. <laughs> yeah, don't don't play this game with trolls. You're just gonna get frustrated. Um, some other things that I uh, stood in line for, or there was another one nearby that I've actually been playing before packs, which was Guns of Icarus uh, by Muse Games. Uh, I don't know if you guys have touched on that any. It's uh, team we based. Okay, it's uh, it's a team based airship combat game. Ooh. And yeah, cool. very it's very steampunky. Uh you got three classes. You've got the pilot, the gunner, and the engineer. And uh while anybody can do anything, uh your class depends on what sort of perks or boosts you come uh you, you bring with you. Now, um the odd thing about Guns of Icarus is that your leveling, all it does is really unlock customization items, like how you look. All of your equipment and all of your abilities are available from the get-go. And um, when you level up, you don't, like, do anything faster. Like, the engineer, his whole job is to boost weapons and repair stuff. And so as somebody who's played an engineer for the entire time I've been playing Guns of Icarus, you run around the airship like mad trying to keep everything up and running. Um, The pilot, of course, pilots the airship around and has certain boosts that, like, increase your turn speed or your engine speed or how quickly you can uh, raise the airbags. Uh, and the gunner, of course, has different types of am- ammunition. And it's it's really cool because you can customize. They've got, I think it's between, s- I, I think like six or seven different airships that you can customize their weapon loadouts on. And you form crews of four people. Um, and it's very heavily team-based because uh, everything's based on the ship itself. Um, you, you as a character don't die. Uh, you don't have to worry about being hit by gunfire or anything like that. It's all based on the airship itself. So you all have to work together to wipe out everyone else and keep your airship afloat. So pretty cool game. A lot of fun, especially if you have good teammates. Sweet. Uh, also, I stood in line and waited for Assassin's Creed 4 uh, 
from Ubisoft. I Not they didn't like have any game. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any uh, any gameplay. It was just a, a trailer which they've since released on YouTube. Um, but it's wow, that's tur- lame. Yeah, yeah, it was. But I got an inflatable um, sword, so that's okay. There you go. It's to go with my inflatable tomahawk from last year. <laughs> Uh, but it's I, I got to say, Assassin's Creed Four is turning out to be the best pirate game I've ever seen. Yeah, and uh, you know the the whole Assassin's Creed uh, mythos and everything behind it. Um, you don't actually seem to need to pay attention to that much. It's just a side note to you're a pirate. You have a pirate ship and you have a pirate crew and you go around looking for treasure and you know killing the dastardly British who are after you and things of that nature. So that one's really awesome. Um, And the big thing that I went to PAX for was the Dragon Age Inquisition panel from Bioware, uh, which I think should interest you guys the most, as that is an RPG. And uh, it looks like it's coming up to be a pretty darn good apology for Dragon Age 2. Um, okay, so I just saw a video for this game t- this morning. They uh-huh. released a gameplay trailer, and they showed kind of playing as the Kunari, and they show you playing as your Inquisitor. And mm-hmm. I got to tell you, it looked like a third-person action game. Yeah, which a lot – that's a lot of what the second one was. So it's it, – a lot of that has returned. It, it looks like what they've tried to do with this one is to make the PC people and the console people happy. Okay, that is not possible, but how did that work? Okay, so the way it worked is because you've got your third-person action-y bit for the console players um, and your limited your limited skill set. You've got like three active skills that you can operate at any time. But whenever you feel like it, uh, you can basically pause time and switch into a strategic mode, which uh, – you have a fully independent camera, which means you can move it around. You're, it doesn't just lock itself into a bird's eye view. You can swing it around however you like. You can assign orders uh, to your characters. So, you know, you can tell, you know, this this person to go here, this person to go here, this person to attack using this spell. And then when you hit it, everybody does what you just ordered them to do. So you have that strategic element back from the first game. Um, but you can switch seamlessly between the two modes. So you can set up your orders and then you can go right back into um, you can go right back into the uh, the the action mode, and you can of course take take control of any of your players individually or any of your characters individually. Um, so it's but the problem the the problem that I had with that is while that's cool and I'm glad they brought the strategic element back, they are lacking in the variety of skills you had available in the first game. Um, since the first game was PC, you had an entire taskbar full of spells and abilities yeah. and what have you. And it still seems like even when you go into strategic mode, you're still limited to three. Hmm. Are there complicated dialogue trees and, and lots of people to talk to in towns and stuff or no? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, there are. Um, it's got the the classic Bioware uh, conversation wheel. I don't uh, want the back. classic Bioware conversation wheel. I want the Dragon Age and Baldur's <laughs> Gate conversation lists of numbered choices one through four, and I have to figure it out, damn it. I don't get the, this one's good and this one's bad. Okay, I, I don't know if they locked it into this one's yeah, good, this one's right. bad, because there wasn't anything that was blue. There wasn't anything that was red. It was just, you know, here's a bunch of choices. Right. One thing that... 
was nice that they've added to it is, and this is a problem I had when I was playing through Mass Effect, is that you know you've got your little dialogue bit where it uh, gives you a summary of what you're about to say. Yeah. Um, but above it, it explains to you exactly what that dialogue choice is going to do. So at one particular uh, point, uh, as you were saying, you play an Inquisitor. So it's it's very Mass Effect. The the storyline reminds me very heavily of Mass Effect Three, oh. where the point is is that you have chaos that's coming that's coming through these rips in the void or what is it the veil, and so you have to build up an army. You're bringing the Inquisition back. Okay. The difference though is unlike Mass Effect Three, where by the way that army- was also Mass Effect Two. Well, Mass Effect 2 was building up your group. It wasn't the same really... thing. Oh, okay. So, uh, instead of so you're recruiting a, an <laughs> army that doesn't even join you. No, no, well, they don't join you in the missions per se. Okay. Um, but the thing is is that you when you create the this army, they are um individuals to a point. You can actually talk to some of these people, but you'll come across a situation where you've got your army has already been facing off a particular enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh and you come up to see what the situation is and they're like, "Well, our keep is under attack, but so's the town that the keep watches over. What do you want us to do?" And so you can tell them to fall back uh to the keep and defend the keep or you can tell them to protect the village. And while you tell them to do this and they'll do that, you can still do whatever you want. So if you tell them to fall back and protect the keep, you still have the option to um, <clears throat> to swing over to the village and protect it yourself using your group. Um, and as to answer Cavalier's question... Yeah, is there an unrelated no. horde multiplayer mode? <laughs> no, there was not. Although I will state, I loved the multiplayer mode for Mass Effect 3. It was actually I really good. I still yep. play that. that is oh, impossible. really? You do? Yes. And I you don't lo- feel completely outclassed by not having spent money on it? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, Every everything in that game you can earn. Well, um, it takes a while if you do it that. Yeah, way, and and it's kind of crap in that it's a random, it's randomized. I mean, it's it's a free to play style mechanic, you know, where they yeah. really want to convince you to spend money because the growth is so <clears throat> slow without it. Yeah, but I thought they did a great job because I mean, even even if you don't get the ultra rare stuff, mm-hmm. you can still kick a lot of ass oh yeah you don't necessarily need it you just kind of end up wanting it and that's the manipulation yeah yeah, there's a number of classes that i still haven't unlocked that i i I really like um however uh back back to dragon age (laughs) um the so you go out and you capture keeps um so you have bases of operation for the inquisition um i also find it really interesting that for once the inquisition aren't bad guys uh, just because that term is always used for evil teams. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, you're no, you're right. You're against the Inquisition. And so it's interesting that you're the Inquisitor. That's a good thing. Um, the Inquisition answers to no one. <clears throat> you know, they don't have to answer. They don't answer to the church. They don't answer to the crown. They are there to protect the people. And so that's cool. So yeah. are you saying that it was unexpected that the Inquisition was good? <laughs> <laughs> yes. but Nobody not- expects a good Inquisition. <laughs> no one expects a good inquisition. Yes. Um so yeah, so when you build up this army, you can assign them tasks. So they can like build up monuments or go hunting for uh various relics or things of that nature. So they actually do have a purpose for existing. And your keeps um you build up to 
give you certain bonuses. Like you can have a military keep that's just there for its military might. You can have a, a trade center so that you increase the uh, the commerce in the area or things of that nature. So it and the game world itself, like the first encounter instance that they showed us, which was that example I gave you about the village and the keep. Um, that you had to protect that area alone was larger than the whole of Dragon Age 2, which isn't too difficult, but still, that was pretty cool. Which means and it's like all- 20 feet wide, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you, with, with a good heave, you could throw a rock across it. Um, the they're also stating that this is going to be the largest game that they've ever made um, as far as game world is concerned. And they're also larger doing a ver- than a game that spanned the entire galaxy. Just let that sink in for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you're getting technical, I think they're just talking about <laughs> gameplay area. Okay. Um, uh, the let's see here. There's another note I should make about this, and I've lost my train of thought. Well done, Chris. Uh, you said the world was really big. Oh yeah. Um, so it was. Which is astounding because, you know, it's the initial Mass Effect was very large. The, f- the first one was huge. Um, so having the third ones and they're stating that this one's just going to be bigger than all that is pretty astounding. Um, the And it's nice, too, because they're going to be exploring Orlais and they're going to be exploring uh, uh, Ferelden uh, again, uh, that, that area. But it, it's nice that they're just including all of this all the areas of lore that you've heard about um, previously. Uh, so uh, while it's not going to be as complex as the first one is, I still think it's going to be a good game. Uh, it looks like it's it's going to be a nice apology for Dragon Age 2, um, and it's going to offer a lot of items and a lot of expandability. That you know what it ma- sounds like to me? It sounds like what Dragon Age 2 should have been if they were going for a more action-oriented Dragon Age, but it doesn't sound like a return to what fans of the first one want. True. Um, although I'll say that the biggest fan that I know of, which is my wife, is mm-hmm. excited. So I'm oh, just well, that's go- a good sign. Okay. <laughs> and she was all up in the fact that you can now play Canari. She's way excited about that as well. Okay. All right, I'll buy it. <clears throat> so that's the most exciting stuff you saw. Anna, what did you get to play? Um, <laughs> Dragon Fantasy Book 2. <laughs> Is that it, really? Yeah, I, I was in the booth basically the whole time. I mean, remember when we walked around? Mm-hmm. That was the time I spent outside the booth. Oh, wow. So we went and saw Spite, but they were out of plushies, and we had a code, so I didn't play it. And then we went and saw Ace Attorney, but since it's coming out really soon, I didn't want to bother playing it. Um, we stopped by SOE and grabbed a code for something that's already out, so I didn't want to play it. This was the this was the trend of packs this year. This year, more than any other year, there were mm. more games on the floor that were already out. Well, there were a lot of games on the floor, though. Period. That's true. There are more games on the floor this year, period. And I would say that the growth in the number of games that came out was basically people showing off games that were out already. Does that make sense? No, because of the indie booth. I mean, there were like 81 games in the indie booth. uh, More than that. that. It was 80 publishers and 93 games. Oh, great. (laughs) Yeah. 81 publishers, 93 games? Yeah, something Mm -hmm. ridiculous like that. But yeah, I mean... 
outside of the indie mega booth we saw more space that used to be 3ds lounges that were now nintendo demo stations and that kind of brings up a thing like with pax is that they're very rapidly approaching the capacity of the Washington State Convention Center, I think. They are basically at capacity. They've been at capacity for and, a while, guys. Yeah, and yeah, so they actually and, had extra tickets this year, not only because they had Monday, but um, oh, in general, I think they added something like 5,000 more tickets to Friday, Saturday, Sunday this year because they got rid of those 3DS lounges and turned it into demo spaces so they could claim more square footage of the convention center was show. Yeah, and I mean, it, it. Unfortunately, in the uh, the Seattle area, there is really isn't anything bigger than the convention center as far as being for a place to hold an expo like this, other than like possibly going to um, a sports stadium. Well, as really, far as just, like, and, and the best, footage. and I think they're doing it right by having it at that center because that lets them have yeah. all the panel spaces. And really, the only way to get around it is to have more paxes, and that's what they've been doing. So. I think they're addressing it fine. They just need something in the Midwest. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're, they're trying to address it, but the, but yeah, but the problem is like like I say, yeah, they've opened up Pax East, but and it did slow down the growth uh, of Pax Prime. Uh, well, I don't over think here. it slowed it down because they sell out actually, sooner and sooner every year. Uh, actually, it, it did. Um, and they also actually had a really aggressive. Um, review system for all the tickets this year. So anything that looked like it was being purchased in bulk by scalpers, they actually took the tickets back and resold them. Which was impressive to me. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that they even um, allow bulk purchases of tickets. There is only a small amount. So basically, you can on any order, you can buy up to six passes, I want to say. And that could be a four-day or single-day or any combination of those. So if, um, for example, one of the people that I know that went, they got a four-day pass, a four-day pass, and then Monday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, individual passes. Because that's what they could get at the time. And you could do multiple orders like that. The problem was is that there was an exploit in the system for like the first 15 minutes the orders were up. Yeah. And it was basically yeah. letting people bypass the queue. Ooh. So they went through and reviewed every single one of those orders. And I mean, some of them were legit and some of them were people that, you know, had just were trying to get bulk purchases for reselling. Mm. And all of those we, we tickets refer to those people as, resold. We, we refer to those people as yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is. I mean, yeah, I can understand <sighs> it when it's like music concerts and stuff because that's it's it sucks, but it's also con- really kind of socially acceptable. But PAX has always had a completely different environment. They're you know they're totally not down for resellers. So I appreciate that, and I could understand. And the thing that I like too is that they worked it out. I think with StubHub this year, that if you had a a, a pass and found out you couldn't go, you could actually sell it through StubHub. Really? Well, yeah. That's nice. And I mean that's a lot better than just random dude on eBay or Craigslist or even the PA forums. This is true. So, yeah, assuming that whatever you get from them is is legit. Right, but I mean if you're going through StubHub, there is actually consequences for selling a fake pass. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, and, and you know things like that have been a, a good thing to come into the market to help you know to help combat the issues with the uh, ticket scalping for fake tickets. I, I if I were if I were to have to buy a ticket after um, everything was sold out, there's actually options to do it now legitimately. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I I do like that. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. So, what did you guys like about how PAX was handled this year versus last year? Any different changes you were happy about? Hmm. I don't really re recall anything I was like, happy about. Uh, <laughs> well, I. I what don't were you upset about PAX this year that was better <laughs> last year? <laughs> well, I think one of the did have food poisoning last year. Yeah, yeah well, that helped. Um, no, no you, actually, got, you got the food poisoning before that. Uh, did you go to the, did you go to the Snoqualmish Fair or whatever? No, no, this was uh, actually Snow from Hogami. going to the grocery store. Oh, jeez. Um, but uh, no, I, I think the the only real frustration that we kind of came across was uh, the the quote unquote secret entrance that the press got to oh. use. <laughs> well, they not, wouldn't it, let it, us it, through. It, well, here's the thing: it wasn't. Just for the press, it just happens to be the uh, the escalators in the annex, uh, which comes up in the back of the annex expo hall. Um, that happens to be kind of a nicer way to get in and out because it's not as crowded. Mm -hmm. But that entrance doesn't open until like ten thirty, uh, because they 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 empty out the queue room first, and then they open the other entrances. Yeah, I mean, I that's slightly got... frustrating, but I, I, I didn't – I mean, that's that's every I, year. I actually appreciate that they do that because otherwise it's hard for the exhibitors to get in and out. Yeah. Like I remember I was actually talking to a friend of mine that exhibited like I think four – I want to say four years ago, maybe three. But yeah, they weren't actually policing the escalators at that point. They were letting people just hang around them. And trying to get into the hall as an exhibitor was really hard, especially if it's like – like us, like we were bringing a case of water in every day. Can you imagine Chris trying to fight through a crowd with a case of water over his shoulders? I want to see that. <laughs> Although to be to be fair, I mean they've got they had what two three people at the base of that escalator telling people not to go up it. If you got that many well, that people just standing there not letting people through, then you can check a badge and see if somebody is you know an exhibitor or somebody is press and say oh, no, well, exhibitors can go. And yeah, and I'm saying that that's good. That's what they do now. I'm saying before they did that, it was sucky. Okay, well, and that's fair. I can totally understand that. You'd want an entrance for exhibitors to get through, but I think media should also be able to get through. Well, yeah, I mean, they 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 have like special circumstances on the Friday because media get that extra hour, but they really need to work something out for Saturday, Sunday, Monday for media because putting them in the cattle room doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, it would it, it would be I mean, it would be nice if that that one entrance were designated so that media at ten at, once the floor is open they could enter that way, but general would attendees nice. would have to wait. Yeah, um, and I, I mean, mean they, they were thinking that you guys should run by Robert. Yeah, we should because we need to talk to him anyways. I think yes. he's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah, he's fantastic. I think I'm gonna uh, play Space Giraffe. Space play Giraffe. What? Space Giraffe. Yeah. 
install. 49 minutes. So, Chris, Chris, what did you think of the various uh, games that you played through? I play a lot of games at PAX. Um, I know. And you get a lot of people's names wrong. I don't know that I can remember them all at this point. Why don't um, you just check the YouTube channel? I should. Yeah. You also you have know, issues Chris, with your badge. Been you would have made a list last night. I didn't. Because I'm and not. I, so, well, Chris is making his list. I get to talk about the totally embarrassing thing that I did. Because I was hanging out in the Dragon, Fa- Dragon Fantasy Book 2 booth. And all of a sudden I look over and our lead artist is chilling with Drew Scanlon of Giant Bomb. Oh, yeah, that's right. This is where you went and nerded out a bit. Yes, because I sort of sidled over to the other side of the booth where they were talking. And Kevin turns to me and is like, oh, hey, have you met my buddy Drew Scanlon? And I kind of screamed like a little fangirl. And jumped up and down and got really excited. If and only we'd been able to film it. <laughs> I probably, <laughs> I probably embarrassed the hell out of him, which <laughs> it was funny. It was just he came and apparently a bunch of the giant bomb guys all know the Muteki guys from previous jobs and all sorts of other things. So yeah, they didn't even well Kevin at least didn't know that Drew Scanlon was like a big deal at Giant Bomb or anything like that. Because when I started screaming, he's looking at me and is like, "What are you doing?" So that was cool. And I got a picture of him with Mr. Rock. And he actually came back the next day and was like in our booth playing Dragon Fantasy for almost an hour. And in the middle of it, Patrick Klepek comes running in. And it's like, Drew, Drew, man, you got to come see this. And so I kind of um, bit my fingers and screamed into them and jumped up and down like a little finger. So what you're saying is you uh, did it again. Yeah. Well, I didn't scream out loud the second time. So he uh, he thought it was hilarious, and I was, like, totally excited to meet him. So I got pictures of me with both of them, and I got pictures with them playing with the rock monsters. And I sent them both review codes, so I'm really hoping that they'll like the game. Yay! Actually, uh, that, uh, of the various games we looked at, actually, the Dragon Fantasy is actually, I, I kind of want to play it, because it, I, I like the battle system. It remind, The fact that it does... Kind of, you know, remind a lot of the battle system from Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool because um, Friday of the show, Luca randomly walks by. And we were like, OMG, Luca cosplay. There, there, there was. Game. It wasn't just Luca. There was. Um, yeah. Uh, the next three day, of actually, them. Yeah. So Isla was there as well. And apparently there was a, a Marl, but she ended up going home early for the day because she, she fell through a portal and got lost in time. Yeah. So yeah, those, those are really, like a, really well done costumes. They were amazing. They looked yeah. fantastic. So I actually we just did put a get a photo of them this morning on the on the Muteki Facebook page and Twitter. So. Oh well, somebody got photos. Yeah, there was a number of cosplay photos I didn't get because I didn't have a camera with me and oh, I don't trust my also, phone. Who's that guy from Bioshock Infinite with like the gun that has like the elbow pad? The gun that has the elbow pad? Yeah, and um, it's got like three spinning blades. Booker DeWitt oh, is the main character. Yeah, Booker's the main character and what you're talking about is the skyhook. Yeah, that's it. There was a really amazing cosplay of that and he actually came, he also came by the booth and so I took a bunch of pictures with him with Mrs. Rock and stuff. It was cool. There were a ton of people cosplaying as Borderlands. Yes. In fact, I saw a female booker at one point. It was actually really cute. 
I thought it was really, really well done. Oh, the other thing was Tim Schafer stopped by. Oh, that's cool. I knew that he was signing stuff over on yeah, the uh, well, far I, wall. I saw him walk by, and me and Kevin both look at each other and go, that was Tim Schafer. So I grab the rock, and I book it out of the booth, and I manage to catch up with him. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I know you're, like, going to be pestered to death to do this, but can I have your picture with the rock, please? And he was like, sweet, this is awesome. And I gave him my card, and I'm like, stop by tomorrow. It's like an awesome Super Nintendo game. And he's like, this sounds really good. And he came back the next day and spent, like, almost half an hour in the booth. We ended up having, like, this huge crowd gathered around, because people were like, OMG, it's Tim Schafer, and he's playing this game. Yeah, and I, I was actually surprised. It looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Yeah, it does. That's a uh, good thing, normally. No, it is. Yeah, no, totally. It looks Unless great. It's like the... They're using the Kickstarter money to build a gym. <laughs> <laughs> Since the game's not getting done. We might as well work out! Yeah. No, and I'm looking forward to that. I was one of the uh, uh, donators for that Kickstarter game, so I'm really hoping that comes out at some point. Although, I, I, I do find it funny that they ended up you know the the whole hey we ran out of money <laughs> but they're going to be doing the uh pre-releases on steam to try to get more money so they can finish up the game like they promised they would so mm, i'm yeah. enjoying the way that they're handling we, that. we've had a few discussions about what we think about their mismanagement of money on the podcast before ah. there's a pretty strict divide of people who are like come on guys we gave you how many millions of dollars and the other people are like whatever they can take their time so i don't know did I think I'm the only people. I think I'm the only person on the podcast that's like, really, guys, you ran out of money. Well, yeah, there is that. Um, it, it does seem kind of strange that it, that it's like you had a budget, right? You, you followed your budget, right? Um, but on the other hand, you know, they're. I feel like they're making up for it in the right way. Um, they're that's- they're. They're not going, well, crap, we ran out of money. So here's the, you know, piss poor game we have right now instead of our completed thing like we promised you. They're actually finding ways to generate more money instead of just asking for more money. (laughs) Right. I mean, they have investors, so they asked for more money, but it wasn't from the public. Right. Maybe they should send their business plan to PayPal. All right. Chris, do you have your list of games I do. Excellent. And I did, I did play Space Draft. I played through a whole playthrough and died. So, um, all right. So you died a lot. Of, yeah, speaking of Space Draft, I played over at the Vita booth at uh, PAX TXK, which is Jeff Minter's latest Tempest game. Um, and it plays really well. Uh, it, it's, it's shooty. It's got great music. And I highly recommend it. Look for it on your Vita coming soon, I think later this year. I also turned around and played Resogun, on the PS4, which is Housemark's latest shooting game. Those are the people who made Super Stardust HD. I love that game. It's why I bought a PS3. And Rezo Gun looks like it's going to be the game that makes me feel justified in buying a PS4 because it is a kind of a Defender-inspired shooter. And lots of, again, music and blowing up and explosions and awesome graphics. Looking forward to playing that a lot. As far as RPGs go... Um, I kicked it off playing a little bit of Sully, a very serious RPG, um, and we've got an interview up on our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash rpgamerdotcom. Um, I also have, we also have an interview up with Z-Boyd Games talking about their new announcement of Cosmic Star Heroine and how it's coming out to, uh, oh. what? 
Well, no, no, finish we also, your sentence. It's coming out to like PS4 and Vita. Yay! And and also- no, 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 I gotta do my bragging first. Because Bill okay. stopped by and he actually brought me a Cosmic Star Hailwind shirt. Yahoo! Nice. So I own one of five currently in existence. Yes. I have to put up pictures soon. Chris, and, stop and, playing uh, Bejeweled. Uh, 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 I was I was going to say that um, in addition to the uh, <clears throat> the uh, uh, the uh interview, there's also a very brief, short little snippet before the Zeboid interview of Chris. Yeah, failing yeah. to take off his badge. Well, I mean, I figure there'll be a big bloopers video later, so I was going to wait for that. No, no, well, we can make fun yet. of you now. Yeah, we already posted that one. Right, but there will be more. Oh, there will be more. Right. Well, that's what I was expecting. So, yeah. Um, What else do we got? We have uh, the Sully footage. You can actually see gameplay from that game. It's still pretty early. Um, And that's that's kind of a funny parody-style RPG. Uh, And uh, there's a Kickstarter for that coming up. Watch the video. all sorts of details. And I'll be telling you all about the Kickstarter soon. Um, Dragon Fantasy Book 2 I played in their booth. Uh, You know. That is a kind of super NES-style RPG take. Uh, remember, book one was kind of Final Fantasy I Dragon Quest-inspired. Book two is Super Nintendo-inspired, and Chrono Trigger heavily inspired that game. Uh, that's looking really fun. Dale North did the music. The music sounds pretty good. And uh, the game is coming, what, on the 10th, so three days from now on PS3 and Vita. And that is going to be... I- I've got to go finish book one because book two looks so good. I want to play that. Um, I don't... Yeah. So one of the cool things they do at the beginning of book two is they take you through the story of book one, but they retell it using rock monsters playing all the parts of the enemies, and it's all in a dream. So you see little... In the first game, they had all these different enemy types, including vampires and wolfmen and stuff, but here, the rock monsters just cosplay as those enemies, and it's really cool because you see like a, a, a rock with a pair of wolf ears... Like, kind of like a costume wolf ears. You see the headband, kind of wear them on his head and a fake tail and stuff. And so that's really fun. I uh, like the dro- I like the rock silly. that's dressed up as like Yuna's black mage from 10 2. Yes. <laughs> so, so look forward to back book two. That's looking fun. Um, you can watch me crash the game. Well, I guess we cut that out. Uh, I did crash the game on snow level in, because it was an early you build. You crashed several games. <laughs> you, were the, you were the first person that crashed Dragon Fantasy. They had been. Spotless all weekend. Well, you know, until you came. Yeah. All right. Well, then I went over and crashed Delver's Drop. Uh, (laughs) So Delver's Drop, you recall? Wait, did you actually crash it? Yeah. Um, Delver's Drop. What the heck, Chris? (laughs) (laughs) We had a kick. We had an interview of Delver's Drop's developers, uh, Ryan, over here on uh, on the show a few. Well, a couple months ago, and their Kickstarter was successful. They're cranking away at the game, so I actually got to get my hands on it. It plays like a Zel- like a hard Zelda dungeon game, and it it's like Zelda dungeon gameplay, but it's a roguelike. But you kind of get to continue with all your equipment and levels and stuff, or something like that. And you you can watch me kind of struggle through a playthrough and you know, eventually die. But uh, that that's shaping up to be pretty fun as well, and it looks so nice. Delver's Drop has a great art style. Um, highly recommend watching a video of that. Telepath Tactics does not have a great art style. I don't know what's going on with that game. Um, it's Fire Emblem style tactical RPG. So the gameplay systems are kind of like a more complicated strategy RPG than Fire Emblem. Um, but it's got that Fire Emblem feel to it. Because uh, there are a lot more options in this one. And, and environments matter. And you knock things into 
the fire and lava and stuff and the uh, you know the environments kind of get into your gameplay um, but go watch the video for that so you can see what it's looking like I'm hoping they do a lot more passes on the graphics before they release um, I think they're pretty early uh, it was like a pre-alpha build or something so yeah they also were a Kickstarter that was successful mm-hmm. um, let's see Van Helsing 2 was uh, definitely the most polished of the games I played uh, Van Helsing 1 is out already um, that is a point-and-click Diablo-style game. And so we got to play Van Helsing 2, which has more classes and then more skills and more stuff like that. And it was really fun, uh, such that I'm really excited to play Van Helsing 1 now because uh, that game it controlled like a great Diablo game, and you're outside and you're blowing up monsters, so i got to play that. Uh, we need to play that. And drawing anyway. shapes and fire. Yes, yes, and you have a firewall. Um, so I'm a big fan of Diablo 2's firewall uh, and the sorceress in that game uh, until they nerfed it. But... In Van Helsing 2, the firewall, you get to draw the shape of the firewall on the ground, and that just feels cool because you get to, like, all right, I want it to be this circle here or a spiral, or you can make a heart shape or you know whatever you want it to be, and then, you know, run around and have all the monsters burn to death in whatever pretty picture you drew on the ground. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> First one's currently available on Steam for $15. It sure is. Um, I picked it up in the Steam sale for, like, less than that. Apparently, they got a lot of new users in the Steam sale. So, Van Helsing 2 <laughs> won't be out till next year though i don't think so i'd be surprised if somebody didn't get a whole lot of new users during the steam sale yeah i know right so van helsing death trap is their tower they're taking there was a tower defense minigame in the first van helsing so they're going to actually go ahead and and promote that to its own spin-off game and they're going to release death trap as as a standalone product uh and that's going to come out we don't know when uh sometime after and uh you know there you go and that so those those are the things we got videos for. Um, what else did I actually play? Play. It's like I need a list of all the games at PAX to tell. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I went up and saw the League of Legends room. And we looked at keyboards for a while. We did. We we looked at keyboards for quite a while. We were looking at mechanical keyboards. They had a number of the vendors there who had them. So I learned. Ed kind of learned what switches he likes. I kind of learned what switches I like. And then and we all kind of learned. He, they're all he, really freaking expensive. In fact, when we wandered around, he took me to a booth and made me push all the buttons. And in fact, he grabbed my hand and extended my index finger and pushed all the buttons for me. I didn't yes. have to do anything. And he got really excited about this. And he was clearly just waiting for me to jump up and down. And I'm sort of looking at him and his face just completely falls. And he's like, you're not interested in this at all. That's well, more interesting than League of Legends. That's not true. Ooh. Burn. <laughs> Sick burn. Allow me to throw out fighting words. I still think it would have been hilarious last year if we had been able to film when we try- we feebly tried to play League of Legends. I was oh, sad God. they didn't have that option here this year. They didn't have a, a game station set up for people to play. It only would have taken five minutes. Yeah, that that was about how how uh, how long our round was. <laughs> it was we not. never saw their tower. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> we were playing against people who knew what they were doing. Well, yeah, and let's hear. I had played. Once, maybe, and I think I was the most experienced one on the great on the team, <laughs> except for the poor sucker who got stuck with us. That poor I guy. still feel sorry for him. Mm. But yeah, we we looked at a bunch of keyboards. We looked at Corsair has some new mechanical keyboards. Um, we looked at the ones from Logitech, Cooler Master, and what was that other brand? That, 
You you actually bought a mouse. I did uh, from Steel Series. I bought a Steel okay, Series yeah. Sensei mouse. Yes, because I was I was I don't like my Razer MMO mouse that I have this Razer Naga mouse because it has issues. I think it's just this particular model sucks or something. But anyway, I'm like, so I was Nick, I was uh, trying out all sorts of mice at the show since all the vendors were there, except Razor. I think funny the, enough. I think I think that we, that we had that that conversation we had with the guy at the Logitech booth. I thought was very interesting talking about um, how people don't know how to set up the sensitivity on their mouse or mouse mice mice. Yeah, it, it was a it was an interesting conversation. Basically, talking about how high DPI mice are isn't something anybody needs. Nobody professional plays above like twelve hundred or sixteen hundred DPI, so you don't need a twelve thousand DPI mouse. Doesn't mean it's better. Um, that you should let the mouse do the sensitivity uh, adjustments. So use the mouse vendor's software to make the sensitivity changes and leave the window sensitivity in the middle or at the default. And turn and, acceleration and off, game. of course. Um, and and let, leave whatever game you're in. Uh, yeah, let the game the set- settings also at default, and you just use your mouse to change the the, the sensitivities, and yeah, and, and don't play it like you know fifty six hundred DPI because you're probably making things worse for yourself because of the way that well, you have to do interpolation and stuff. So yeah, it's interesting. Well, it came down to how you know talking about how you know there's people that can play that where they just move their mouse just a little bit. And like in a, like say in a first person shooter, they move their mouse just a little bit, and they've done a full 360. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the the guy that we were talking with was like, "Yeah, they're doing it wrong." <laughs> well, you know, it depends how they play, I guess. But yeah, no, no, we can call them wrong. Oh, we'll just call them wrong. All right, cool. Yeah, I, although I although after we were at the the Logitech booth, I think we both had kind of like the 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 first time I think we've ever really. Had that brief moment of actual terror, oh, and yeah. that was when <clears throat> that was just un- that, that was just really weird. Um, the Logitech booth was next to the Cooler Master booth, and we had gone over there to look at their keyboards and stuff. And while we were over there, Logitech was running a uh, a giveaway, so there was an absolute sea of people in their booth. Apparently to the point that they did not have enough room for everyone to run their competition or giveaway or whatever. And they said that they were going to do it outside. Which, which caused a stampede. It, well, unfortunately, they weren't running. But it was just really weird because everyone was just very quickly getting out of the, the, the building and, and sitting there and going, where are you going? Why are you going? What's going on? Nobody would getting... answer. And everybody had this creepy smile on their face like we're going to live and y'all are going to die and we're not going to tell you why and they just scooted right out the door. It creeped me out. It's like living in a horror but hey, movie. <laughs> but hey, then then we were able to go in and actually get close to some of the stuff at Logitech. <laughs> yeah, then we went and looked at the Logitech mice cuz the booth was empty. It was great. <laughs> Worked out in our favor. <laughs> oh. What else did we look at? Man, we looked at everything. Uh, Elgato. Elgato, oh, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you you bought something. Yeah, I bought an Elgato capture, Game Capture HD because they had it on sale at the show for like way off the normal price. And so uh, I'm excited to start doing some streaming and our Let's Plays and stuff with that. I'm going to use it to stream Extra Life direct feed from uh, from PS3 and, and whatever we're playing during Extra Life. So that's going to be cool. Um, Have you had a chance to try it out yet? No, not yet. 
Uh, it's been a week. I know it has. <laughs> well, first of all, she, I didn't get home until Wednesday. Had to Wednesday. Like, immediately start distributing review copies, which takes forever. Well, that's what you had to do. I don't. That's know what, what he had. To, you yeah. had to do it. He he didn't do jack. <sighs> I play. I've been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. I finally got a chance to play okay. it. Jeez. Okay, you're you're forgiven. Thank you. Uh, what else? Um, do, 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 do. Uh, let's see. We looked at there's some bad game that we. Oh, I played some Wild Star, which is an MMORPG from uh, NCSoft. That game looks like um, yet another generic WoW clone. Um, really, I thought its art style was closer to like Jack and Daxter, which I actually really liked. Well, you know the WoW art style cloning. How do you do it? Distinctive and bright colors. Really? And is that so it. bad? It, it's not bad, but it, no, does, it felt familiar. It didn't feel familiar? Okay. So you thought it was unique. I did, yes. Or Okay, cool. Anyway, the, the gameplay felt like run around and complete a billion quests and move on to the next area. And it, it, didn't have, it doesn't have some of the redeeming qualities I feel that Final Fantasy XIV has. But at the same time, you know, I'm not going to say Final Fantasy XIV is some big evolution of the genre. So if you're looking for another MMO um, that's just different than WoW, but, you know, kind of has that same sort of uh, quest-based gameplay, I think Wildstar will will suit you just fine. Can I actually Uh, make an MMO recommendation at this point? Yeah, you can. Okay, because the one that I think gets heavily overlooked, and I really think, especially since they've switched to free-to-play, that people should check it out, is Secret World. Secret mm-hmm. World has been – I'm not a huge fan of MMOs, but that one has impressed the hell out of me. So you've been playing it? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I've played all the way to end Fox is laughing like it's the only thing he does anymore. Oh, okay. No, I'm no. laughing because Chris is, Chris is like – you actually play that? <laughs> yeah, no. Which is funny if, because he's, he started out by saying, I play this. And then Chris is like, do you actually play? Yeah, yeah. No, I just thought I'd plug them for no apparent reason. Um, no, they've just really impressed the hell out of me. They've been really, really slow, unfortunately, with their new content. They promise new content every month, and they have not been able to keep up that promise. But it's the questing in that game feels like you're actually doing something. And the best thing ever are the investigation quests, which actually they, the game has a built-in web browser and it's there for a reason. Because if you're going to do the investigative quests without cheating, it really takes some time. It, like you have to do actual honest research outside of the game to complete the investigation quests. Or of course you can cheat and just go to unfair.co and look up the answers. But it's really cool that they actually bring that into the game. So I highly recommend Secret World as far as an MMO is concerned. So it's free-to-play. Is it actually worth playing free-to-play, or should you put some money into it to enjoy it right? No, you can – You can the it, to play to end game or whatever, you can totally do that free-to-play without having to worry about it. Their new content that they come out, their issues as they were, those you have to pay for um, if you want those. Um, okay. Uh, other than that, most of the money is just for either like uh, experience boosts um, or cosmetic options. How does Endgame work in Secret World? Is it all just raids and stuff, or is it more? I I, I don't really know how that game functions. They have okay, so they have just normal quest lines, which you can do solo, 
Although it's a lot better with groups just because uh, it's it's more fun. Although there's a number of, of quests where you enter into a solo instance and you have to remain solo. They do have dungeons. Uh, they also have layers. Layers are um, areas on the game map where you don't want to go into unless you have a, a group of high-level players. And the, Ogres have layers. Sure. And <laughs> you went there. You had to go there. Yeah. Uh, but they have a, a primary storyline, and so the end game is when you reach the end of that storyline. Um, after that, uh, they have created new layers. Uh, they've created new content for you to, to adventure through. And when you go through a lot of these, uh, like the – well, okay. So the thing with the – the interesting thing about Secret World is that it doesn't have levels. Uh, your character doesn't have a level. Um, you gain experience and then you use those experience to buy abilities and you can get to the point where you actually have every single ability in the game. Uh, you don't have any classes. You, you just buy whatever skills you want. And, you know, some of them have prerequisites for, you know, needing you to have previous skills and all the skills are based on your equipment. So you can carry two weapons at once and all of your skills are based on whatever those two weapons are, like your shotgun and a, and a hammer or chaos magic and an assault rifle or things of that nature. Um, and so your level, as it were, is based off of how advanced your equipment is because your equipment has a quality level. So the end game, as far as that is concerned, is QL 10.5, which is quality level 10.5 because you can you get drops of of equipment that's up to 10.1 i believe and then you have to earn a in-game currency called black bullion and then use that to advance your equipment even further to get it to the higher levels so when you do a layer raid um or one of the nightmare level dungeons or anything like that you want to make sure everybody in your group has at least like 10.1 or 10.2 equipment because that means you know that they're actually going to Take a hit Live. or two before dying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that that's that's kind of how the end game on uh, Secret World works. But a, as such, it's really nice because you don't have to build alts if you don't want to. Uh, you just build your character and then you can do gear selections. So if you want to be a healer for a particular raid, you just select that gear and select those uh, skills and congratulations, you're now a healer. Now, if you want to do DPS, you swap out your equipment, you swap out your skills, and now you're DPS. But you're, it's all in the same character. Okay. So it's fun. Yeah. It's also a, a lot more mature than most other MMOs out there, and not just in the um, content, but in the way the missions are laid out. Um, it, it's it, If they do come across a quest that's like kill 10 of these things, it makes sense why you're trying to kill 10 of those things instead of just, oh, okay, I'm killing 10 cows because you want me to kill 10 cows and that gets me experience. Right. So do you remember the promotional videos for Secret World? Uh, yeah, to an extent. Does the game match those in any way, shape, or form? I'd probably have to see which one you're referring to, but from what I recall, yeah, most of them were pretty. I mean, that was that was gameplay. Well, I mean, you walk into a restroom and then you realize that somebody oh, there is a demon, <laughs> and they they. I mean, oh, there was a very sim- CG ones. Yeah, the CG ones. Uh no, <laughs> they have nothing to do with the game in any way, do they? Well, no, no, it totally does because the characters in the CG trailers you actually meet, okay, and a lot of the creatures in the CG trailers you actually fight. Yeah, uh, but things don't and- happen like that. Only in like the single player instances. All right. 
Um, like there's a particular – it was in one of the uh, new uh, issues that they released. There was one where you went through an insane asylum, and that was really well done. Um, there was a lot of creepy stuff that happened, a lot of shadows moving. Um, you would see stuff in mirrors that wasn't actually there, uh, things of that nature. But it was a solo instance. And so in solo instances, you will get things like that, which is, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. All right. But nowhere near as dramatic as the CG because, hey, it's a CG trailer. What do you expect? <laughs> um, let's see. What else did I play? Uh, Soul Forge I played, which is, a free, which is a free-to-play trading card game that you can get on your iPad. Um, it was kickstarted. It's partly designed by Richard Garfield, the guy who made Magic the Gathering. And that played pretty decently, except I walked up to the iPad, picked a, a deck that looked like it had complicated cards in it, chose a computer at level max and gave it a deck that had complicated cards on it and proceeded to beat the computer on my first try. So I then harassed one of the representatives there and said, hey, you know, I shouldn't be able to walk up, especially me, I should not be able to walk up and beat a computer on hard. I should lose horribly and it should be, there should be smoke in my spot by the time I'm done. And I, I will freely admit that story did not end how I thought it was going to end. I know, right? And uh, so... <laughs> He he then proceeded to explain to me, well, the deck you chose has better cards than the deck you chose for the computer, and here's an example of the computer playing properly against two evenly matched decks, and blah, 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 whatever. So the game's kind of fun. It's 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 one of those uh, TCGs that you have lanes in, and so you can move cards into different lanes, and so you can only block creatures in with the creature that's in that lane. So you can kind of... Kind of check the, all that out you can download it free on an ipad now and on pc as well and you can uh try that out i, I recommend looking into it i've been playing lots of tcg card games i'm thinking about getting into scrolls from um from mojang and um i've tried the the duels and chaos card game which isn't all that good the might and magic card game which is good but the free to play on that kind of kills it um and i'm looking forward to hex which is coming soon anyway so Oh, I played something else, right? I don't even remember now. Um, maybe I should just move on and, and bring it up when I remember it. But uh, yeah, PAX, guys. PAX is a good conference. Hey, Chris. Oh, yeah. I, the president of my fan club is in the chat. Oh, hi, Seraphim. Yay. Sorry, Josh. Keep going. Oh, it's okay. Uh, I found out about a game after PAX that I missed that I thought would be really cool. And I was wondering if any of you guys saw it or played it, which is Crypt of the Necrodancer. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. What'd you think of it? Um, it looks like it's going to be too hard to actually play with the dance map. But uh, really, yeah, it, yeah, and I mean that's the thing is it's like the thing that attracts me to that game is you can play it with the dance map, but I think it will kill me. I mean, you have to remember. I mean, your rhythm and stuff matters for your tax and all that stuff. And so if you start to get tired, uh, you're going to perform less well. So you're going to have trouble completing the game. But, uh, yeah, the, the trailer for that looks awesome. The gameplay looks awesome. The music was really cool. They had a beat. There was a crowd around it the entire time because it was so unique. Um, this is a roguelike that you play with a dance pad if you want. You can also play with a controller. Um, but And you have to attack and stuff on beat, and, and, it's, and it, it, it was rocking, man. It, it looked really cool. So the, I, I'm looking forward to that coming out. I don't know when no, it's coming, not. though. Sure no. I am. Yeah, yeah. July 2017, I told you. Yeah, July 2017? Is that how that works? That's, that's exactly when it's coming out. Right. I'm Sean certain Lusper Cooper, did you go to PAX? Yes. Sure you did. It was great. I saw you there. 
Yeah, so Necrodancer.com. It's unfortunate. Have you considered looking out? So Necrodancer.com has a game. I don't know. Because Hi. Hi. Hi, Fox. Because I still have video of you that I need to get posted at some point in time. What? Yes. The ground at that place was very unsteady. Ooh, Crypto Dancer's out now. Yes, so. I'm sure the ground was so unsteady that when you were in your chair, it was affecting your ability to stay upright. It was an earthquake, man. An earthquake man? Fact. He was a man, uh, earthquake made incarnate? No, it's Mighty Number no. 9. Is no, the he's, boss. A, he's a uh, uh, Mega Man. Yeah, robot. Mighty Number no. 9. Earthquake gonna, Man. Oh, right. be, yeah, Earthquake Man. You got to pay attention, Chris. Okay, I see. What are you talking about? Crypt of the Necrodancer. Which is not one anymore, the- you're not. Now we're going to talk about Mighty Number no. 9. What's it's Mighty Number no. 9? You don't know what it is. It's the KG it? Inafune, oh, that's Inafune, Inafune one? game that they're kickstarting. Yeah. The one where they went and said, you know these stretch goals that we thought you'd need to come up here? We're going to actually bring them down here because lower. we realized we can do it. Yeah. Has, have, we yeah. ever, have we ever seen a Kickstarter lower its stretch goals? No. No. Okay. Now, Sean, you, aren't you against Kickstarters in general? I am. Okay. And I'm against this one, too. Okay, good. But I'm not, just making not sure you're because consistent. I don't. I, I, like, I want this game to be made. Okay. It's fantastic. <laughs> and I would love that. But I think that doing it this way is, is generally bad for the industry because it becomes a litmus test. Have you noticed that a lot of these Japanese Kickstarters have $900,000 goals? The Japanese ones? Yeah. Yeah. It's because I think that what's going on it's is... It's 750000 after fees. Yeah. And then that's what investors want you to raise, right? Like, if right. you can do that, then we'll, we'll give you more money. Yes. And if that becomes the litmus test for making games, it's bad, it's bad for the industry because then a lot of games that shouldn't be made <laughs> might get made because they can raise the money through, you know... Eh, that happens now, though. ...or by flash. And then there are great games, like indie games that really deserve publisher backing that might not get it. Well, and that worries me. Well, I mean, that's, that's the system now. I mean, without Kickstarter, that happens as well, is what I'm saying. Indeed, but at least there was the opportunity for genius to be recognized by these people and for them to take a, a, a substantial risk on it, knowing there was a big payoff in the offing. Remember that Mega Man and Mario and Castlevania were all new games once, right? And I worry that if we have this test where only big names can make new games that we're going to end up in a situation where the next Mario or the next Castlevania or the next Mega Man doesn't get funded and hence doesn't get made. And that really worries me a lot. Actually, I think they're already working on the Kickstarter or whatever for the new (laughs) Mega Man. See, that's (laughs) great. Just what we need. Now there will be Mighty Number 9 and Mega Man 11. No, the Mighty Number 9, I think, is what Ed's referring to. Okay, yes, good. I think he doesn't, yeah. So I don't I don't remember what the name was. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, Mighty I Number Nine. Best. That's that's what Mighty Number Nine is. Yeah, that's that's the new Mega Man game. But it's a, it's the uh, new I'm Mega sorry. Man game made by the guy who made Mega Man, not by Capcom, who owns not the rights Cap- to Mega Man. Actually, it's Capcom. 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 That's how they spell it. I I didn't make that up. That's their thing. So don't blame me. What, don't you guys talk about RPGs on here? What are you doing do. talking about Mike number nine? That's not an RPG. We were talking about Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is kind I of a roguelike. It's a roguelike that you play with a dance pad. Okay, that sounds peculiar. Yes. It's um, good. It, lo- it had a big crowd at PAX. It looks good. You can play it with a controller as well so that your feet won't get tired while you're playing. And uh, it's a rhythm-based roguelike. So I think it looks intriguing. Um I just pre-ordered it, so let's check it out. You can go to necrodancer.com to pre-order that. 
Um, we're about to move on to feedback because there's so much crap going on at PAX, I can't remember it all. And so instead of trying to force it all out right now, um, I figured I'd just let it come naturally as we And we have lots of, of feedback this week. We thank do. you, everybody. Yes, Yay! thank you, everybody. So, all right, let's, let's do the first one. Um, I was one of the people who didn't know much about Xenoblade Chronicles. This is from Jason. Hi, Jason. And uh, kind of blew it off. Then I heard about all the great things about Xenoblade Chronicles. I figured I'd just wait until the Wii U came out and played on the Wii U. I wasn't aware that there would be a limited printing of the game, so I didn't give it a second thought. Stupid me. Long story short, I had been searching for months for a used copy of the game. And after the $90 used copies appeared on GameStop.com, I went to eBay and managed to get a like-new copy of the game and the pre-order art book for the same price as GameStop was selling them. So yes, I completely overpaid for the game, but at least I feel good that I got the art book too and that my $90 went 100% to an individual and not to GameStop. Good man. Um, what else we got? P.S. I still don't have that Wii U, so who, who knows when I'll actually get around to playing the game. Haha. <laughs> Love the show. Jason. Thank you, Jason. All right. Jay Scarp about on... Xenoblade Chronicles. Wait, about Xenoblade Chronicles. Yeah, go for it. Polished game. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Not actually a Xeno game, so I don't I don't approve of them capitalizing on the name like that. They're right? just using it for all their games. You're just using it. Yeah, everything is a Xeno game, right? Now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you know more. the problem I've heard with it, and I hear this from everyone, is that there's some really weird mechanics with comparing items when you buy them. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, you put it's like there's like something like materia. I haven't played it, so I don't know. But this is what I've been told. There's something like materia which you put in your gear, and uh, there's no really easy way to compare gear before materia is inserted with other gear in the shop that doesn't have the materia in it so you just see like the combined stats and this is really infuriating because then you have to like take into account like in your head all of the materia you have in it and make Ugh. giant lists in order to compare your items and that as i understand becomes really tedious later on in the game so beware of that and be, and be ready when you go into it also i've been told that the interface is wow which is also fine but also beware of that as well if you don't like playing wow then maybe the if the battle system in WoW doesn't appeal to you, then maybe Xenoblade Chronicles is something you should try first. Yeah, but As I will say possible. that the, the general thing I've heard about Xenoblade Chronicles is, oh my gosh, this game's amazing. Play it. Um, I don't know. Everyone on my staff has said, I really enjoyed it for a little bit, and then I found that it was tedious and grating, and I stopped ooh. playing it. Hmm. It's got a great soundtrack, though, and it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. It's just unfortunate that it's got some foibles, as it were. I owned it and then sold it without ever having played it at, <laughs> at a great like profit. At, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> I bought it for, was it $60? And I sold it for 120 So that's double. Yeah. You were making an uh, investment. Yeah, that's what Xenoblade Chronicles is. You know, I probably sold it to this guy because I think I sold it on eBay. <laughs> You're welcome, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> actually, that would be hilarious that if that actually awesome. was the case. Yeah. Check and see. Did you buy it from Lucifer? Because if so, you just got my copy. That's why it's in immaculate condition. Well, he put like new in quotes, so I don't know. Well, I never played it. <laughs> so there you go. That's why it's like new. Or is it or is it like new? Which is to say, you know, it was new and then it stopped being new. So it it's only like new. new. Um, or was it nib? Nib? New in, new box. in box. Oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Chris is making. Is Chris hungry? Mm. Is a, ah, he is. Yes. Mm. Ah, like a hamburger. Fire. No. All right. So, <laughs> J Scarp, J S C A R P E. 
because he included this on Twitter and PSN, wrote in and said, Hey guys, I know you asked for questions about packs, but since Trails in the Sky was announced for release on Steam this winter and the sequel for Steam and PSP next year, I can't think about anything else and I have a couple multiple choice questions for your Steam panel. When you heard that Tits and its sequel were getting released, your response was A, Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. B, Hmm, didn't expect that, especially the PSP release. C, Oliver. D, meh, what's coming out on iPad this week? Can I go E? What the hell is Trails in the Sky? All right. <laughs> no, I want to go E, make all the tits jokes here. Yeah. <laughs> I can finally get my hands on both tits. Uh, uh, that one was from Max Storm, so uh, thank you, Mac. Uh, and from Chicken God in Final Fantasy XIV, I guess word finally blew his wad. What? I'll wait for the Steam sale before I get my hands on tits. <laughs> uh, so one of the guys that works at Xseed, he goes by WordWad. Uh, never Ew. mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> what was that? The, well, the video I'm going to play apparently has ads, and yeah. Now time for a commercial break. You know, um, I'm, I, I'm considering it. it, but I'm really waiting for Steam to reduce the price so I can get a cheap pair of tits. So, ultimately, that's my goal here. That's your goal? Right. I'm looking for a kind of a, a tits reduction. Oh, for goodness sake. All right. <laughs> Carpe Falger. It's exploding. It's Shut expanding. Up. Carpe Falger, who is doing this translation on the second chapter, um, announced that Reseteer had sold 300,000 copies. This means that A, niche RPGs can sell big numbers on PC. B, Darn near anything sells well sells with Steam sales. There See, you go. There are probably two hundred fifty thousand people who own but have never played Reseteer. Also true. D. All of the above. Yeah. I'm voting D. I'm going. I'm going to go with D. All of those. <laughs> D. Things, really. Um, except B, we know isn't true because uh, Retrograde barely sold anything and it had a Steam sale. But maybe it only just recent came to Steam. I don't know. I have uh, so many Steam games that I have never played. It's like, Chris, great job on the PAX coverage. What I saw was really good. Well, don't thank me, Josh. Josh, uh, thank Ed. He's the one who filmed it. And that, it wouldn't be good if he what? wasn't there. Um, what? What? I said, Chris, oh. it, it says, Chris, great job looking, on the I PAX was coverage. The thing. Yeah. Right now, I have to celebrate by playing tits on my Vita. Josh. Okay. Good for you. That's good because it has touch controls. Mm. So you can touch those tits. I think I just heard Chris smash his head against the desk. No, that was I'm going to be here all weeks, folks. That was, an, that was an Xbox controller, actually. Uh, oh, the correlation between gaming and virginity is just becoming more firm with these jokes. Very firm. firm Hello, Chris. Tits. How are you? I've been enjoying RPG Cast as usual. <laughs> um, I would like to point out that everybody except for Ed on this podcast is married. Sorry, Matt. I haven't been commenting lately, but well, I don't no, think... no, but I was... Never mind. All right. Zoltan says, hey, Chris, how are you? <laughs> oh, been, hi, Zoltan. I've been hi, enjoying Joel. RPG cast as usual. I haven't been commenting lately, thanks to Lucifer, I bet. But don't think that yep. I haven't been listening. I recently made a rap song about the game Alundra. Yeah, Alundra yep. again. I offer it to you for use on the RPG cast. I went all out learning how to use Video Pad Editor and then Corel Video Studio 6X. I've never heard of either of these. I ended up making the video three whole times. Aside from being a fun video, I must recommend it simply because you get the lyrics along with the song, and that makes the experience three times better. The jokes become easier to understand as well. So you can, you can find this by searching for Alundra Rap on YouTube. Uh, I'm going to play it for you right here. 
These are stereo recordings. RPG oh, cast dear. is monaural. That what the way the recordings are now is certainly the best quality. But if you'd like me to convert it to mono for you, I will. Thanks a lot. No, I don't need to do that. I'll do that right now. So here we go. This is where noise should be made. Your hand in mine. Breathing time. History walking time. I'm inside of Taunt's Manor. I didn't even knock first because of bad manners. The house is empty except for, you know, God. Or so this demon claims, but I know that he's a pro. His name is Mel, sis, that's what I named my dog. I'm just trying to open the door and step inside. But I can't because freaking Mel's a it's so infuriating that I broke down and cried. Manly tears, it kind of lift weights, play Halo, drink Mountain Dew, and hang glide. I'm just here to pick up a book that Tom left on the table. And after I get it, I'm gonna go home and fix me a bagel. Singing dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. I'm gonna spread butter all over it. Singing dun dun dun. Cause there's a life on the line and you know what You say I can't do it, but I'm gonna show ya how I walk through dreams to slay you I'm not like Link, I'm the whole website I don't have a curfew, I stay up all night I'm the releaser, you're the deceiver I've rode more tools than an Xbox achiever Just wait till I get the Book of Elder I'll walk through dreams to slay you Messing with the wrong elf. I out Zelda Zelda! It's time to kick some male's ass. I am the dream walker. I am the land stalker. I keep things up and burn like an X-Bone GPU overclocker. My sword is legendary. My chest is very hairy. I'm not like Link. I never did the same girl for 26 years. I never pop her cherry. I hope that was not offensive. But the phrase of the clone makes me a little defensive. Play a Link to the faster than Maybe. It will traumatize you and destroy your senses. Give it up like Philfish. This is a fool's endeavor. But we all know that if you're a gamer, you're the worst. Worst people ever! No! Damn it! I wanted to be a dreamwalker! But I still have to say that! I enjoy references to Mountain Dew, to Philfish canceling Fez 2, and um, I don't know, whatever else was in there. Um, good job, Zoltan. I, keep the. I apologize keep for the that. songs coming. Yeah, it's your fault. That's now. my fault. It it's is actually fault my fault. Yes, well, I should have it? kept him busier. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't have happened. He told. He asked me actually last month. He said, uh, "Can I? Can I do a, um, a remix I've already done for submission as my competition this month? That will allow me time to work on another piece I'm doing, which was this." Hmm. And I said. Uh, and he said, I know I'm not supposed to, but I wanted to ask. And I'll do, that. I'll do a new composition if you want me to. And I said, no, if I told you you could, then you don't have to. And this is the result. I gave him free time, and look what happened. <sighs> you should feel ashamed. I do feel ashamed. And next time, I'll beat him. And that will make me feel better. Um, and actually, <clears throat> it's interesting. 
No, never mind. Okay, yeah. So that's uh, that's that's the that's the Alundra wrap. You can blame Alundra and Zoltan for that. All right. So what else we got? Um, feedback, feedback, feedback continues. Oh, that's it. Thank you for sending in your feedback this week. If you would like to send feedback to RPGcast, you can do it a couple different ways. Podcast at rpgamer.com is the email address. Check your emails right there. You can leave them on the message boards at board.rpgamer.com. You can also send an MP3 over to podcast.rpgamer.com, and I'll play it right here on the show, just like you heard me do with Zoltan's rap right there. Additionally, you can call our phone number at 608-729-4098, and we'll play your call right on the show. Please keep it under 30 seconds, short and pithy. All right, let's get on to the news. Plenty of stuff happening in the wait, past couple weeks. Wait, yeah, what? You're not on the news yet? We are, we are now. How long have you been recording? Well, we do news last now. Oh, my God. So this, every time I come on this podcast, it's a different format. I know. Isn't that fun? Your readers are probably pulling their hair out. Every, everyone's confused. So am I. It's so it's okay. All right. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. I can't believe I'm being involved. I, I don't know why you're being involved. Exceed offers a limited edition of Ease Memories of Celsetta. You going to buy the Ease games, Tron? I, I, I what? Do you buy Ease games? Oh, we're going from the bottom up. Yeah. Oh, look. It's, it's, it's even better. Wow. Well done. No. No. I understand they're great games, but I've never played them and have no interest in so doing. Uh, Now, if they were to rename the East games, I don't know, Final Fantasy, maybe I'd play them then. It doesn't matter if the games are different, just as long as they're called Final Fantasy? It's sort of like a standard of quality that needs to be printed on the front of the box. Yeah, the the name carries a lot of weight with it today. It does, (laughs) today, nowadays. (laughs) Nowadays. Everyone hears Final Fantasy and they're like, oh, yeah. I do because I think of 13 and 13 too, and I love those. But I understand most people don't feel that way. I really think it's funny that, you know, one game and it's, you know, spin off. Who's eating? Not me. Somebody's. Will you stop that? It's my ice. I apologize. Stop chewing your ice on the show. All right. Um, Mute your microphone. I, I do think it's funny that one game has made people say, well, Final Fantasy is a terrible series nowadays, and put up entire articles about how Final Fantasy is dead. And then having to have rebuttal articles about how it's not, not play dead. Final Fantasy Eight? Did they not play Final Fantasy Two? It's like if one game was going to kill it. Well, no, very few people in the U.S. played Final Fantasy Two. But if one game was going to kill it, yeah, it would have happened before now, probably. But whatever, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then anyway, thirteen and thirteen two are fantastic games. So yeah. I well, I, people you are could disagree. Dumb. That's people fine. People are dumb. People are dumb. All right, X Seeds. They're coming out with limited edition. It is not a Final Fantasy game. It's called the Silver Anniversary Edition. It helps mark the 25th anniversary of the Ease series. Some people call it wise. They're wrong. Uh, the edition contains a three-CD collection of music tracks from across the his- series' history, a cloth map, a compass with the game's logo, and a doll's travels journal, which contains adventuring strategies and artwork. It'll retail for $59.99, or you can get the regular game by itself for $39.99. Hey, that's coming great. Out, coming out in North America this holiday season. Why do you say that? Because I like seeing full-priced games at $40 ah, rather yes. than 60 That makes me happy. Yep. All right. Uh, Borderlands 2. This Sean might care about this. The just, bought, just bought it right now. Game of the Year that's edition. Steam. Oh, okay. You did? Yeah. That's what I was would also be the Steam. one to really Wait, care. you bought this? The yeah, well, Game of the Year of... edition? No, I bought the stuff that was just released today. Oh, what was just released today? You didn't know? No. Oh, there's a new, new level upgrade and a bunch more skins and stuff. So... If you go look at that list that you posted on Twitter, yeah. thanks a lot for that, by the way, then you're going to see there's even more Borderlands 2 related stuff Wait, on it now. What list did I post on Twitter? All the Borderlands 2 purchases I'd made in like a week. Oh, right. I didn't put that every, on. Every piece. Yeah, it was. I posted it was on that? 
Yeah, you said it looks like Lucifer's really into Borderlands too. Oh, that's it. right. Yes, yes. That was I. I own every single piece of DLC for that. Yeah. <laughs> so what came out? Oh, just came out on. Oh my gosh! Ultimate Vault Hunter Pack Two, which includes a little arena that does some crazy things when you beat it, and also uh, another eleven levels, and also new skins packs for all the classes. Man, I wish I liked Borderlands Two. It's oh, really good. Suck. How well, can you not like Borderlands 2? I don't have fun playing uh, uh, it unless I'm playing with you two and you're going crazy. It's like saying, I don't like chocolate unless I'm eating it with other people. Yeah, I know. It's madness. I know. Uh, so I just feel depressed. And but it's true. I, the only time I've had fun playing Borderlands 2 was with Ed and Josh. And sadly, that's only happened once. And why don't we play? I play all the time. Well, why, don't, why, don't, why don't we play? Well, right now? Four-player... Four uh, well, Josh will attest to this. Four-player Borderlands is crazy. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah, they just throw with, enemies at you. Well, I'm just super weak. Stuff too, and it's yeah. well, that's all right. No, the nice thing about Borderlands is if you join a game where the people are higher level than you, but not like not like twenty levels above, but like you know, even five or six levels. Yes, well, they're twenty. Le- you would be twenty levels above me. I'm forty. Maybe I have a so. lot of characters. Yeah, most people have a bunch. I have a 47 and a bunch of ones, right? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, well, I guess I could go make a Necromancer and play girlfriend mode. Necromancers are cool. Then you get a death trap, which is loads of fun to play with. Yeah, no, Necromancer is pretty badass. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, anyway, uh, Borderlands 2 is getting the uh, Game of the Year edition. It will be including Borderlands 2. Well, that's good mm-hmm. to have in the Game of the Year edition. Captain Scarlet and her pirate's booty. Mr. Good. Torque's Campaign of Carnage. Mm-hmm. Sir Hamelock's big game hunt, and then and the most importantly, Tiny Tina's assault on Dragon Keep, which is the only DLC I've heard people praise. Uh, okay, okay. We are well, good. I, I'll say is... this right now. Then, um, I have not yet played the assault on Dragon's Keep. Um, I, I currently have a four-person group, and we're going through the entire game, so we haven't gotten to that point yet. But I will say that Torg's Campaign of Carnage has to be the most I have laughed out loud while playing a video game. It is seriously hilarious. It is incredibly well-written, and the voice acting is fantastic. Would you consider so Borderlands... Jokes. Okay, hold on. Would you consider the main game of Borderlands 2 to be well-written, Sean? Yeah, I thought it was quite good. Okay. See, I, I, and I, just, I just don't like the jokes in that game. Well, that's it's been a long time brain. since I've played a game where I truly hated the main antagonist. Yeah, yeah, well, just Jack. Well, I don't, I don't oh, hate Jack. I just think he's dumbly written. I just think no, it's he's stupid. Brilliant. He's okay. really brilliant. I, I'm I, sorry, but I don't find the term "butt stallion" to be funny. Okay, so you're talking about a joke that's in like the first ten minutes of the game. I know. Wait, set the tone for me to not care about his character. Chris has not actually finished the game. Right. Yeah, so he doesn't understand. Okay. Yeah. Chris, we will make it our mission to drag you kicking and screaming if necessary through the game. Oh, I'm excited about this. Okay. So so I have to host the game so it follows my story positions, right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Because I think I accidentally skipped part of the game by joining. I don't know how this stuff works. Yeah. Hey, and now you can stream it. Now, what I could stream awesome. it before, dude. It's on PC. That's easy. I have excellent. You have to remember, Chris, that he named we should, that we should all stream it. the protagonist, right? He names it after you. That's yeah. why he calls it Butt Stallion. I understand. And moreover, that joke will come back later. Like, everything in that game that they say yeah. virtually comes back later. So all right. in, in a different DLC, 
you'll you'll see what Butt Stallion is about and why it matters. And I just I hope I can find a class that I actually enjoy playing because I found the gameplay to be really boring. Which which one were you playing? Uh, I don't remember now. <laughs> I have to go look at what I made. As somebody who has memorable. played every class in the in the game, I've enjoyed all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it each one has its own play style, so it really depends on on what your play style is like. But they, I think, they did an excellent job at balancing out the characters and making sure that there was something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's right, really well, good we'll about find that. Something I, for me then. Chris, I like well, this you... game so much that in a week, in one week, I put 130 hours into it. Did every single quest in the game. Somebody doesn't have to work else. during the summer. Yeah, that was nice. Well, it was the two weeks before class started, so there was a bunch of things I wasn't doing that mm-hmm. I should be doing instead. Okay. But that game, it is definitely the best game I've played all year. Mm-hmm. So it is. if you get into it and you start playing it, it's, I think the problem is you haven't played enough of it. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know how that's great logic there. You'll like this game more if you play it more, and then you'll. If you've play only it played ten or fifteen minutes of it, then you know I, I've played hours of it. Ten. And I don't. Minutes. Then all I can assume is that you're you're very very simple. I'm sorry. It's, it's probably true. <laughs> it's, the, it's the only explanation I can come up with that seems to fit my worldview. All right, fine. Well, let me simply tell you that Devil Survivor Two has got a European. Um, release guaranteed now they hit their total of 1800 pre-orders that they needed so if you're in europe devil's Survivor 2 is coming to you congratulations europe bravely default is getting upgrades for its u.s release so this is the sequel to final fantasy hat party or final fantasy four warriors of light if you want the actual name sequel well it's the follow-up it's the next one yeah follow-up yeah sure it is uh let's see it's this it's going to be titled bravely default for the sequel Mm-hmm. which I guess makes more than its Japanese title of Bravely Default Flying Fairy. Uh, oh, I guess... Oh, oh my gosh, yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm reading this wrong. So Bravely Default Flying Fairy is getting a new version in Japan called Bravely Default for the sequel. Correct. Oh, my gosh. So it's, it's just... An, that version of the game. It's just an improved version of the first game. It's not really a sequel. Um, includes it's modifications... international to, version. Yeah. Is what it is. Like, mods to the battle yeah. system, improvements to the UI, changes to towns and events, additional save slots. Honestly, this game was already good, according to people who've imported it and played it. So this will make it even better, I guess. Um, yes. <laughs> and so we're going to get that version. Uh, oh. Ooh. Okay. So Ooh. for the sequel, will contain both Japanese and English language options. Mm-hmm. And the Western release will be based on the upgraded version. Um, usually, when you have dual language options, they, the Japanese get stripped out of the U.S. release. So I'm going to say, if you're really into this sort of stuff, import it. Oh, wait, it's a 3DS game. Never mind. I take that <clears> back. <throat> Region locked. Say what, Anna? <laughs> in the U.S.? Okay, it's going to have dual audio in the U.S., she says. So There you mind. go. Let's just wait That's for nice. the U.S. version because 3DS is a region locked. Um, and... The release date is still vague. We don't know when it's coming. And Early in the, 2014 in America. We know that in Europe, it's going to be called Bravely Default Where the Fairy Flies, because apparently yeah. Flying Fairy is a terrible name, which I agree with. All right. Cool. Great. That's, that's some good news about an RPG that people might actually enjoy playing. If you so. were looking forward to it before, and you should have been because you're an RPG fan and this is an excellent game, now you can really look forward to it even more. Even more. Even so more. All right. Pokemon is getting a bank. 
So, and like a real bank, you have to put money into that's it. That's right. So if you sign up for a yearly subscription, I don't know how much it's going to cost. Um, $599. US, no, wait. <laughs> you will, and this is coming to the U.S., right? It really is, yes. Reggie's yeah. been talking about it. All right. So this is, you're going to pay some sort of money, and you'll be able to transport your Pokemon from Black and White and Black White 2 into the Pokemon Bank, which is some cloud service that Nintendo will be running. There'll be an app you download to put on your DS or 3DS, I guess. I guess only 3DS. That takes them out of your game and puts them in the cloud. And then you'll be able to withdraw and deposit Pokemon um, from X and Y um, into X and Y. So I guess that you can only take them out of Black and White and Black and White 2. And you can take them out and put them and put them into. back into X and yes. Y. Correct. So that is what it sounds like. And it is, it is 500 yen annually, which works out to about $5. Okay, I don't mind paying that. That is the price in America. Okay, I hope that's the price in America. I don't mind paying that. I hope it allows me to play to move A, more than six Pokemon at a time, and B, does not require me to play a mini game every time I want to move the Pokemon. Yes, and yes, okay. from what I understand. All right, good. Both questions. I, I Actually, want to wait, say, no, move first, all Pokemon. No. <laughs> The first one might be no, actually. But the second one is yes. There won't be a mini game that you have to play. Okay. Good. But you will, there will be, there is some cap on how many you can move at once. I don't think it's all. I just want it to be like Pokemon Stadium used to be, you know? Oh, whatever. I'm sorry. I agree. I, I think that would be nice, but uh, it isn't going to happen. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So that, that, there's the Pokemon Bank. Which comes from a Pokemon Direct, which you can go and watch on Nintendo's YouTube, or we actually have it up on our site. So a Pokemon ours. Direct, it's the po- it's called the Pokemon Nintendo really? 3DS Pokemon X Pokemon Y Pokemon Direct. That's, oh dear, th- that's what it says on the title card. <sighs> <laughs> Thanks, Nintendo. All right, carry uh, on. Ooh, here's a game I got to play at PAX that I forgot about. Um, Elder Scrolls Online. Scrolls. No, not Scrolls. Scrolls is the Mojang card game. Elder Scrolls Online, because, you know, Zenimax was worried people get confused between the two. Like I just did. Yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. (laughs) The only reason I'm confused about them is because of that lawsuit. I know, right? (laughs) I can never tell them apart now. Um, People in the chat room are saying I need to buy new 3DS XLs because they have Pokemon X and Y themed ones. And I'm like, no. Yes, that's true. No. They are coming out in America. We each have an XL. We don't need to buy more XLs. Thank you. Goodbye. All right. Hey, Chris, I love my 3DS XL, and if I could own two of them, I would. Why? So maybe you should think about it. Well, you hey, can own two of them. Go one. to the store and buy a second one. I don't want to do you that. You get a black one. Money. Oh. <laughs> Neither do I. All right. Poke- Elder Scrolls Online, a confirmed, will be subscription-based. $14.99, €12.99, and £8.99. Yeah, that's mm. per month. We talked about that on our podcast last week, which is up now if you want to go listen to it mm-hmm. at leasebrew.com. Um the the problem we have with that is that it it presumes a bunch of things that we don't believe are true. That there is a large user base of Elder Scrolls people who are willing to pay a subscription fee when none of the other games that have existed before then have been subscription based. So that's like a a big risk, right? Mm-hmm. You're, you're guessing that they will. Right. And secondly, that there's enough enough content in the game that it's not just a sandbox that would make them want to continue to pay a subscription fee after a certain amount of time so you don't end up with 
old republic syndrome where you know there isn't enough and then people stop playing yeah so, and i mean this is sort of my dilemma with it is i feel like a total hypocrite because on one hand i'm like no one's gonna pay a subscription fee for that as i trot off and play final fantasy 14 well the difference with 14 of course is that it has an established user base that moved over from 11 who were willing to pay a subscription fee and they were right and i mean right? that's ultimately i think the thing is I think that a lot of the Elder Scroll player base is going to go, I paid $60 for Skyrim and got $300, 300 hours out of it. Now you're telling me I need to pay $60 and a subscription fee on top of that to play another 300 hours? Why don't I just go back to playing Skyrim? Exactly. And the and you can the mod Skyrim. MMOs has changed, right? It's not the same. It's, today is not the same as MMOs were 10 years ago, where subscription fees were the standard. Now I'd say the subscription fees with MMOs are probably the exception. Most MMOs are. I doubt even Blizzard's next MMO will use a subscription. No. Well, they've said that they, well, they, when they were talking about Titanfall, they Before said. Before they remade it. <laughs> yeah. No, not Titanfall. Titan. Not Titanfall. Titan. <laughs> See, look at it. It's just, that that's is why we very need different. these patent suits, right? We need these patent suits because of all these things. Well, don't go to New Zealand then. <laughs> They just passed a law out banning software patents. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I played it at PAX. I put an hour into it because that's all they let me play. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun playing that game. It felt like a Skyrim game. It felt like Skyrim. Um, but it, would you pay $60 plus $15 a month? Well, here's the thing. It felt just like Skyrim. <laughs> exactly. So. So, here, so on the plus side... From when I first saw the game a couple years ago, it seems like they've shifted it to feel more like Skyrim and less like the generic MMO that it used to look like. Like, I don't even think it's on the same engine it used to be. If it is, they've done a good job of making this new en- that engine look like Skyrim now. On the downside, um, it felt like Skyrim, but slightly, it just felt like the quests were slightly MMOized, but not in a terrible way. Um, I was still doing going around doing crazy, you know, Skyrim-type things and... People were turned into rats, and there was crazy ice guys in the caves. It, I liked the quests. I enjoyed everything I was doing there. Um, and it, I didn't get a sense of multiplayer and party systems at all in that demo, unfortunately. And I didn't get a sense of uh, how much content there's going to be to do. Um, there was certainly plenty to do in the area we were in, but you know, I got to play for an hour. It's easy to feel like there's plenty to do when you only play an Elder Scrolls game for an hour. Um, yeah. How far is that going to go? I don't know. Um, the graphics and the and the visual style and the world, it all felt Skyrim. So if you're looking for that Skyrim feel, they've got it. Um, it they, they even had us in a in an area that was all winter, like like the Skyrim areas. Um, so what I don't know is what's going to make this something I want to subscribe for versus just going and playing Skyrim. Because right now it just felt like playing a subscription to play more Skyrim story stuff, which is like, okay, if you really want more. Um, but on the plus side, you know, there are fans who probably really want more. So they'll get it. Well, as one of your panelists pointed out, there's mods. Skyrim modding community Yeah, huge, but with full so. voice work? Uh, Some of them. I don't know about Some that. of them. Some you guys actually yeah. put, the, put the work into it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, there, are, there are options out there if you want to play more Skyrim that don't cost $15 a month and another $60 investment to get into it, right? Yeah. And that's my, that's my thinking about this. What I think is how, odd. How much is, Skyrim do you want to play? <laughs> yeah. What I think is odd, actually, um, right now in the MMO space, is how a game like Skyrim comes out and shows how f- you know modern MMOs they have you know these dynamic quest stories and and everything's got full voice acting and everything, and yet a game like fourteen can exist where it's all text based and very little voice acting. And 
uh, it, 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 it's kind of weird to see that. It felt felt like 14 was taking a step back when it went back and played that this week. Um, I don't again, know. I, I didn't feel that at all. It, yeah. it felt to me like they're returning to their roots, you know. Uh, not One of my major complaints is that we have a lot of games that have voice acting that would probably be better off without it. Hmm. Well. And, you know, here's 14, which has voice acting at certain points where it, where it seems necessary or useful. But for a lot of the other stuff, it's text, and that's all right. You know, I'm happy to read things, and I think that that saves a lot of a lot of wear and tear on me because I don't really necessarily want to hear everything voice acted because sometimes the voice acting isn't very good. Mm. So, well, and it also depends on your player because I've been I've had a couple of friends that I play MMOs with that could give a flip about the storyline. They just want to find out. Okay, I have a quest. What's the object of the quest? I have to go kill these things. All right, that's it. I'm gone. Wee! And so they completely disregard whatever the storyline was. So voice acting or not, they skipped right past it. Well, and just, one of the strengths I felt of Final Fantasy XI was storytelling and, mm-hmm. and very cutscene and story-focused <clears throat> missions and stuff like that. With fourteen, there are many more quests and they can't go to that detail of storytelling with all the quests. But at the same time, it, it feels like it's lost some of that element that like Eleven had and like a Final Fantasy game in my mind has, which is like this very cinematic storytelling. And I, I guess I felt like voice acting would be one way to help put that into these smaller quests. Um, the other one potentially being cutscenes instead of just standard text presentation boxes like they're using. I, right I don't now. think I could possibly disagree with you more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think that it's actually beyond my capability to express how much I disagree with you. So I'll just say you're completely wrong. Okay. Horrible, horrible, horrible man. Okay. There you go, Chris. All right. Diablo 3 came out for PS3 this week. It did. And, and Xbox, I guess, too. I do have it. Um, for some reason, Anna got sent a copy. So it's like, well, what are we going to do with this? Um, play it. Do you, you have play it? it? That's what you do with it. No, of course I don't have it. I have it on PC. I, I, want it ba- I have it on PC, but I want it badly for PS3. Why is that? Try it out. I want to try it out. Okay. <laughs> I, haven't, I want to see how the, the joystick controls work because uh, I, I, my heart... Is, is emboldened by Final Fantasy XIV, which in the beta and now in the uh, retail release, I find those controls are more enjoyable than the PC. Mm. So I'm wondering, could, can they do it with Diablo III? Could they make that more enjoyable? Because it's one of my complaints with it, is I found it's kind of awkward to control at times. Mm-hmm. So here's a way maybe they found to, to, to do that, and I want to see, I want to see well, it for myself. if you like radial men- menus, Diablo III on the console will be for you. Um, in uh-huh. the, yeah. So what the what the story is now is like, well, okay, there's this expansion coming for PC. When are we going to get it for console? And they haven't really said anything other than they work on one project at a time. So after, right, yeah, after the PC. <laughs> so how long go. did it take to get uh, Diablo three to console after PC release? About a year. Years. Years. There you that, there's your answer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, no, it won't take that long. They don't have to build the entire thing from scratch. Uh, yeah, probably still. be yeah, six to twelve months, I assume. So, yeah. Square Enix inside apo- of a year. Yeah, Square Enix apologizes for Final Fantasy XIV's early access launch. Of course, you know that's all over. Who cares? Um, Final Fantasy XIV will get a major update every three months. We'll see if they actually hold to yes. that. <laughs> they, did, they didn't actually hold to that with 11. They told us that, too. So. Nobody who promises these sorts of things holds to it, except maybe Guild Wars 2. Um, maybe. Um, large-scale well, housing have, systems they have, next. To be fair, they have a flexible definition of what constitutes a major update, so Ooh. that allows them some leeway. Oh. All right. So significant update every three months, so everyone will be able to continue enjoying the game for a very long time. 
well, I don't know that those are really related statements, but of course, we also have long-term plans release full expansion packs, so watch for, out for future updates. Yeah, well, duh. All right. The first one's a housing patch and player versus player content. In 14? Yeah. Huh. That is not what I would have guessed. If, if someone had said to me, what do you think the first patch is going to contain? I would not have said housing content and PvP. Yeah. Well, that's that's what they say. <laughs> but okay. patch 2.1. All right. Well, whatever. Good, good for people who want that. Yay for but you. Here's an issue. One. Elder Scrolls Online can be played entirely without magic. Okay. Because apparently Why? that's important Why to people. Why would you want that? I, I don't know. For people who hate magic? Uh, because, you know, it's hard to do ranged attacks with a controller, I guess. I don't know. Uh, All right, don't whatever. use magic. What's wrong with you? Magic is best. It's Ma- a good way of getting things done. Yes. What are you talking about? Stealth archery is best. No, magic. Cast That's all you need. Stealth yeah, archery, you kill everything. Casting spells is best, always, in every, <laughs> in every game, ever. There is what if no you cast a stealth archery spell? Well, then there you go, magic missile. Perfect. <laughs> okay. Star Wars The Old Republic's getting can, still going. Update 2.4 is bringing the Dread War, whatever that is. You'll battle the Dread Masters, uh, two new level 55 operations, blah, 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 blah. Patches continue. Go read more on that if you care about the game still. This is the MMO section of the podcast, isn't it? Apparently, Card Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here's a game we looked at last year at PAX called Card Hunter. Card right? Captor Sakura? No, Card Hunter. Card Captor Sakura would be awesome, but no, this is Card Hunter. Um, this is uh, an RPG card game hybrid. There are a lot of these out right now, but this one is one of the ones that actually looks interesting. And it's uh, no, this is more like card game, board games, Arcadia, Carcassonne. No, whatever. It's free to play. (laughs) It is. uh, It's coming out on September twelfth. I'm really. What is it like? Is what I want. Is it like the Kingdom Hearts card game? No, that was bad. No, this is. uh, We have a video up from last year. You can check it out. Shards of Fate. It is not like Hex. This oh. is more like taking cards and, and going through a dungeon with them. And so as I you don't... progress through the dungeon, you use your cards for battles and moves and spells and stuff. So it's a dungeon crawler, but the battle system is card-based. That's what it looks more like. But okay. le- you can collect cards and level your character up with that. Well, anyway, so you can uh, you can play the game and unlock loot that way. There's a basic edition of the game coming for 25 bucks that includes um, lots of cards and, and stuff in it and... There's a club membership you can get. So all sorts of interesting stuff going on with the free-to-play. The release is on the 12th of September. And there you go. So you can go check that out. This is not like Soul Forge. This is not like Soul Forge. um, Okay. Which I've been playing, Because that is just a card game. Yeah, that is just a card game. Um, Okay. I played some of that at PAX. Did you like it? I want to like it. loves it. Say what? I have a staff member who absolutely loves it and spends all of his free time playing it. So, so I've been looking at all these TCGs that are coming out. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm a backer of Hex. I I'm looking at whether or not I want to purchase scrolls from Mojang. I'm I'm been trying out Altail because they have a new Kickstarter coming. I I have Soulforge on my iPad. I've played the Might and Magic one. Wait, I, there's an iOS version? I didn't even know that. What? I thought it was only on Steam. Soulforge Soul- is Steam and iOS. Oh well, there you go. Um, and it's crossplay. So, Soulforge, I think that the card mechanics are really, really complicated, and that it detracts from the fun of playing the game because you kind of don't know what you, 
what's going on and what your opponent's strategies are going to be without a lot of tapping and reading and cross-referencing and remembering. And it, I'm just, that sounds awesome to me. That's like old school magic. Yeah. Well, in that, in I that like case, that. you might, you might really like that. So go, go check it out. It just, Right now, it, it, it wasn't a sort of game where it's like, oh, okay, I can see pretty quickly that the, those two things are happening, and then later on, you know, in Hearthstone, realize what sort of combos you could set up later. It's 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 more like, okay, oh. this one has Windows this ability. only? Yes. What is this? Yeah, I know. It's well, not 1999. Play people. it on your Come iPad. On. <laughs> I don't have an iPad. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I sold my iPad and switched to uh, my laptop because I need a device that I can plug into the computers at work and put Microsoft Word up on the screen for my students. Ah, so well, they have Office on the iPad, but all right, whatever. Yeah, they do. They, no, they don't have at Microsoft Office. Yes. No, they don't. Yes. When did this come out? Um, June. No. Yes. Link me to it. I refuse to believe you. <laughs> well, <laughs> there are two things you won't like about it. Okay. Um, it's only for people who subscribe to the Office Cloud oh, thing. Oh, no, it's that thing, the cloud thing they were... Oh, no, 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 no. And two, it's only Word and Excel right now. Well, that's the only two things I use, but still. Okay. No, I'm not subscribing <laughs> to their ridiculous subscribe to Microsoft Well, Office. we're subscribing because we have so many car- computers we need Office on here, so it actually works out for us, but um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not... I hate you, Microsoft. I hate you. I'm okay with it, but I can understand if you only have one computer you want Office on that you wouldn't like it at all. I have, I have two, but, you know, they're, they're dropboxed together, so I don't really need to do anything else. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. So that's, that's Card Hunter. Go check it out. Man, so many good TCGs. We need good sites coming out to review them all and compare them all. We uh, do that. That's actually what we do. Have really? You what do you do? Yeah. So, so, which one? so Soul Forge is the one to get right now? Uh, according to our staff members, let me see. Do we have a review? It's of that? better than Hearthstone. I think we have a review of Hearthstone. Soul Forge is better than Hearthstone. Dragon's Crown, Tales of Zillia, Shin Megami, X Zone, Phoenix Wright, Thomas Isn't is it alone. Exilia? I don't know. Yeah, Zillia, I would assume, right? No, it's Exilia. Is it really? Yeah. It's asinine. That's not how yep. you spell it, Zillia. Well, uh, be thankful this isn't cross Zillia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Arms, X Fire. <laughs> No, our, right. our review of Zillia, but it was very positively received. So, hey, did you like Zillia? Have you played Zillia? We just found a collector's edition of Zillia, but we haven't played it yet. I saw that you had got it. You don't care about Tales games, though. I don't, but yeah. I know a lot. I'm told that if if you were ever going to play a Tales game, this is the one to play. I I've yeah, but been, that's I, what everyone said about Grace's F too. And I've so. really enjoyed Grace of F. So. Well, this is this is from people who don't like Tales of. That's why I'm saying that. Like, well, Julian, that's what I heard about t- Grace's F as well. So and he really loves it. Here, He's, let me ask you about something else people don't like. Sir, the Nintendo 2DS. Ah, uh, it's toast. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's like a poorly sliced piece of toast, and it needs to go in the in the into the into the, the toaster. toaster. <laughs> um, it's there's, much there's, smaller there's, than I thought it was going to be. There's so many. It is small. There, well, because it's it's not an XL, right? Mm-hmm. It looks like an XL when you see a picture of it, and then you see it, and it's based it's on normal screens. 3DS. Um, there, okay, there are there are some things about it, right? It is the only advantage of buying one is that it's cheaper, right? There's it, it doesn't have better battery life. Well, it and the clamshell be, won't break in a kid's hands. Okay, it's, does that it, actually it, happen? Um, apparently, that's a common thing that breaks on 3DSs yes, and DSs all the time. When I was working at EB, you would be stunned 
by the number of DSs that we used to have come in that were shattered at the... I don't know if it's the same issue with the 3DS, but there's a good chance it is. Yeah, I mean, the problem isn't the design. The design is fine. The problem is, is you have kids that are manhandling it. Well, beat them, and that will teach them not to. <laughs> Nothing that can't be improved with a beating. Um, no, the, the, the problem with it is that, first, it, it stops being nearly as portable. Like the pictures I've seen online, people playing, they, they've released these little zip-up zip cases for them, and I'm like, really? You've released a system now that needs its own case? And there's some really peculiar decisions that were made about it. You know that that screen is just one screen. It's not two screens. It is actually just one screen, hmm. and they've put plastic over the top of it. Hmm. And <laughs> that, you know, they had a chance here to make like, like a Nintendo tablet where they could have used it as a unified screen for 2DS games and then also had, you know, 3DS games where it would have black dividers and just, you know, wouldn't do anything. But they, uh, they've chosen not to do that. It's, it just seems like a really silly design, especially when, you know, one of the issues with 3DS pickup was that people weren't sure about what was in it. Is it 3D? Is it just a, a DS with 3D? And now they've diffused, that's D-I-F-F, -F, their market even more by adding yet another version of the 3DS into it. So, that strikes a, me as not a, not a great decision. Also, the location of the shoulder buttons is insane. That's really terrible. So the idea behind the system, of course, is appeal to kids. A, it's yes. cheaper so that parents can buy two of them for less than being than the normal 3DSs or 3DSs XLs. B, That's it's up. shaped more like a tablet, which is very popular. Um, which would have been kids great. Right which would have been great if they had actually had it so it was all one screen mm -hmm. yes, and not exactly. actually split. Yeah, you're right. Well, it is one Why screen, but that? it's artificially split. Well, yeah. <laughs> we put plastic on top yeah. of it for you. Yeah. Thanks. Just, just to, yeah. Well, because some games rely on the split there. Um, well, you could have a virtual split and just have black bars, right? That's yeah. my point. And then you could have 2DS games that utilize the whole screen. Mm -hmm. well, well, they don't want to fraction it and have 2DS games. It's the, too bad. And the, they've done it by releasing another hardware revision. They well, just it doesn't matter, though. It, it, no, it doesn't matter. I mean, all the That's 3DS games crazy. will work fine on here. Yes, they will. I th so I don't see the fracture. Will people know that? That's the question. Um, they should. Uh, oh. The important part is no. for parents, and we've met them, Anne and I have seriously met parents who are scared to buy the 3DS for their kids because their kids are below the recommended ages for staring at 3D all day because Nintendo's trying to cover their ass and have this disclaimer on everything, even though there's no medical evidence that proves that seeing, looking at 3D images as a young age are somehow going to hurt you. Um, this way, uh, well, those like parents out, can feel I played safe. A lot of virtual, I played a lot of Virtual Boy games, and now I'm actually practically blind. Well, that's, you know, the Virtual Boy was, was different. That was Virtual Boy. That was lasers yeah. and craziness and, of course, a LEDs, not you lasers. You look at that thing? Yes. It was, yeah, but you, you, you looked at that thing, right? I, I used it. You, you put it on your head. You should have realized you were hurting yourself. Well, you, know, you have I, to strap it on. I, I, well, no, you, you did not strap it on. I know you should. <laughs> That'd be better. Should have. There's a stand. You know yeah. why I think you strap it on? Because people on my on my 3ds have that that the Virtual Boy helmet thing on there, and it's just stuck to your head, and it's really creepy. That is creepy. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they just walk around with the Virtual Boy on their heads, They're like zoned out, <laughs> staring zombies all the time. That would actually be kind of cool if they had made like a strap on like helmet. <laughs> hey, look, look at the bright side. None of us tried the Oculus while we were at PAX. So we none should've. of us got pink eye. Oh, uh, is that what happened? Yeah. <gasps> Seriously? No yeah, I didn't hear about that. They weren't wiping it down between users? Or at least not doing it properly. Oh, my gosh. 
This is, why, this is why TGS is a better conference, because after everybody uses even a controller at TGS, j- cute Japanese women come over and disinfect it, and then they hand it to you. It's really great. It's excellent. <laughs> it's like a full-service conference right there. All the right. place to get MRSA right there. <laughs> All right. All right, 2DS, it's not for us, um, so we shouldn't like it, but uh, it's toast. It, it seems like they could have made some changes to it and appeal both to us and kids, don't you think? Agreed. But absolutely. if they made but those the- changes, would it, they have been able to hit the price point they want? Maybe not. Oh. No? Maybe no, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they would have, they would have needed slightly less plastic. <laughs> the same. Well, you know? I mean, you're talking about implementing new software functionality to make it somehow a functional full screen tablet, right? It'd always be patched in later. And and you talk about double touch screen instead of single touch screen, and I don't know, man. Well, the whole thing is just one screen. Yeah. Even it, as it is. No, but it, the top part isn't touch. The, so only because they've disabled that. Well, it's but not because it's not, it's is not there, available. Okay, to them. well, the way these sorts of touchscreens work, is there a digitizer up there that can actually read touch plastic? Because it's I understand not capacitive. The whole thing is <laughs> I mean, it's what? It's pressure sensitive. Yes, right. I understand the whole thing it's, is ready. It's to the go old Scott. Okay, so you yeah, think the whole thing has the, has the pressure sensor on it? I think at the top, well, they've done it, they haven't put the, the special you know, protection bit over it okay. to keep it from getting scratched because they don't expect you to do that. But yeah, as I understand, the whole thing is just because on my 3ds, you can tell by looking at the plastic between the two that one has an extra layer on it um, for the yeah. touch. So I think they remove that on the top half. I would assume they do they that here because it makes the top half more clear when they do that. But possibly, it looks I, I, I would imagine they wouldn't do it just as faster and easier and cheaper not to. But who knows? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it would cost more because it's more parts. All right, whatever. The Wii U is getting a price drop as well. It is. Uh, that's un- that's great news. Yeah, that's that's good news. That. Of course, it means they're going to lose even more money on each console, and it'll go down to three hundred bucks for the Wii U Deluxe. We have no. Is the what is the basic model going to do? They're to, facing do you know? that out. It's okay. They're facing that out. They I thought said there was a story saying it's facing it out, and that the price wasn't a problem. And now they're facing it out, and they're cutting the price. So, yeah, so this makes go. Iwata look like an idiot after having made those statements about. You know, oh, the price obviously isn't price an is an issue. The problem. Yeah. yeah, so, okay, apparently the price was an issue. There's no... My problem with this announcement is that it's only $50, and it really should be probably a bit more. Yeah. So he looks like an idiot, but he looks like an idiot by doing not enough as well. So <laughs> there's not... I don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of benefits. So yet. we got $299 for a Wii U Deluxe or $399 for a PlayStation 4. There you go. It's not a, it's not a really a choice at all, is it? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, unless you want to play Rayman Legends. Sounds like the Wii U version is the one to get. Only if you're going to be playing multiplayer at home locally. Otherwise, no. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the big thing about it is that it has really good innovative multiplayer using the touch screen for another player to help you. Mm-hmm. And then it's like the help. It's like you're the helper, right? Yeah. It's like uh, Mario Wii U where they can like, yeah. make blocks appear and stuff. So. Oh, man. That's so fun to troll people in Mario Wii U. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to jump here. No, not you're going to fall in a pit. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Zelda Wind Waker HD has a download version coming earlier than the retail version. September 20th, you'll be able to download it onto your Wii U. Of course, you don't own one because nobody owns one. And uh, later, you can down- buy it in stores on October 4th. It'll be forty nine ninety nine. One second. Let's hop in the Wayback Machine here, Professor Pittles, just for a minute. Um, All right. That, the, uh, the Wii U is getting that Wind Waker HD collection, right? Sure thing, Mr. Peabody. Unfortunately, you don't get an actual disc in that. You just get a download code, just so you know. 
Really? Which, yeah, it's really cheap, isn't oh. it? <laughs> you get a download code. That's good for I'm okay one with that. download of. Well, you know, I just think it's just a, it's sort of a shoddy thing to do, which makes me sad. I'd yeah, like so to see the, Nintendo say, here, have the disc. You no, know what else you get? Really code. ugly stuff on, around the edge of your gamepad. Really? Oh, that's right. You get all the... The, the pretty... filigree crap. I don't like it, yeah. but whatever. Um, there will also be a limited edition version of Wind Waker HD that comes with a Ganondorf figure. Mm. Zippity-doo-dah. Mm-hmm. So well, need, I'm sold. If you need more chunks <laughs> of plastic in your house, there you go. All right, super. Uh, all right, so more uh, wait, release dates. What's that? I haven't seen the uh, the controller for the Wii U HD collection. Is it is it really just filigree crap? It's not like the nice gold um, controller we got with the uh, Zelda for Wii, right? No, it's just it's it's a black controller with gold stuff on it. Gold gold like um like the Hyrule crest and stuff. Yeah. That's not fancy. I like the gold controller I got with mine. If it was a gold pad, that would be awesome. Yeah, right. that would be cool. I'd have the Triforce the gold in the system and a gold it. pad. I don't know why they're not doing it. Probably to save money on the manufacturing. Ah, uh, Jesus. Yeah. Super Mario 3D World and Zelda Link Between Worlds have release dates now. November mm-hmm. 22nd. Oh, Both of them. The I played day. A Link Between Worlds at PAX. Here's another one I played. Mm-hmm. That that feels like a Zelda game. That feels yeah. like... that it. You know how people, as, as soon as that was revealed, and who is eating ice? Um, as soon as that was revealed. It's actually me chewing on the souls of children. Oh, okay. Sorry. As soon as Zelda A Link Between Worlds was revealed, everyone in the media was like, trust me, the videos don't do it justice. It looks a lot better in person. It looks a lot better in person. It really does look a lot better in person. It feels more <laughs> like a Zelda game in person, if, uh, like the NES game. And I, I'm actually, I might be converted on this one. So, well, I, that didn't need to sell me. I was, I was in it from day one. And when I was at PAX, I played it literally all day long. So if you weren't able to play it at PAX, that was my fault. Sorry. You weren't at PAX, you liar. I was at PAX. I, I was right there. Didn't you see me playing Zelda Link Between Worlds the entire time? <laughs> no. The entire duration of PAX. That's if all you I were at PAX, you would have made sure whenever I went up to go up to a console to play it, you stepped right in front of me and played it instead of me. <laughs> Slide right in. <laughs> I was too busy done. playing Zelda Link Between Worlds. I'm sorry. It's really right. good. You know, you know what I've heard uh, feels like a Zelda game? What? The Dark Legend Siders? Of oh, Dark uh, No, Dark Siders feels like a 3D Zelda game. We're talking about the 2D Zelda, the best Zelda. Zelda. The oh, like, past best, Zelda. Best Zelda. That's best right. Best Zelda. But you're right. Dark Siders is, at least the first one, is like a really good Zelda 3D style game. I've heard the second one actually fits the description even more. Yeah, it didn't do as well. Do you have to collect a lot of bugs and do fishing minigames? <laughs> I don't think the god of death or whatever horseman is going to be soul fishing. collecting. It's soul fishing. Soul fishing. Absolutely. All right. um, Get the little uh, lion and uh, bobber at the end of your scythe. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, the Gamescom demo of the Stick of Truth leaked online, um, mm-hmm. then got pulled down. So there apparently the videos are around there that you can watch of the Stick of Truth Gamecoms demo. Who cares? Uh, South Park RPG. I hope it'll be good. Maybe. I don't know. I don't care. It's South Park. All right. Blizzard is experimenting with cross-platform play on Hearthstone, which yep. means they're going to let you play between Windows PC and iPad. Which, Correct. Okay, great. Um, that's not really a first um, because things like... Um, uh, oh, shoot. That Dang. game, the tactical game, words are hard. Hero Academy did that. Yeah, phew. 
Words are hard. Uh, they also content. have um, Battlefield 4 is also going to support tablet play with PC gamers. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm the well, drone. That'll, that'll go well. I'm sure that'll go really well. PC gamers well, love tablet it's play. It's like commander mode. It's not you're not doing first person shooting. on the Okay, tablet. that's Don't good. You get to, I thought you get to drive the drone or is that a different one? That's the division. That's oh, Tom the division? Clancy's okay. the division where you actually have a specific character for so the tablet. Do, what do I do in commander mode in Battlefield 4? You shoot commands. Uh, call, call down supply drops, call down vehicle drops, call in airstrikes, uh, set up uh, UAV stations. Isn't this Mario Wii U again? This Great. is more like EVE Online versus uh, EVE uh, Dust 514, Dust right? Dust 514, yeah. <laughs> so, like, why don't I just uh, play EVE and, like, blow up planets that sounds more interesting to me all right have you played dust 514 i have not did you yes no (laughs) not so good huh all right battlefield 4 is the way to go commander mode so do i need to own battlefield 4 to play commander mode yeah oh come on get me into the game like hook me well well i'm glad that they're returning commander mode to the battlefield series wait wait returning this used to be but wait what tab? Did it you used to play it on your Apple Newton? Like, no, no, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't tablet crossplay. It was just one character on each team in Battlefield Two and earlier inclinations was the commander, or you know, got to be voted as commander, and then that commander had a map function that they could bring up to call down the airstrikes, call down the UAVs, call call down uh, supply drops, things. So, of that how nature. does this work on the iPad? Um, does anybody just join the game and you have fourteen commanders, or is just one commander no, per game. It's, it's one. It's one commander per team. What if you don't uh, like your commander? You, you can. Yeah, you can vote him out. If the if the commander's not doing you any good, you can vote him out of command, and somebody else can be voted in. So you can you basically politic yourself. <laughs> Go. I'm a good commander. Everybody vote for me, so I can play commander mode. And then wait. So every- wait, 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 wait. You need to already be logged in on your PC to play commander mode to be uh, voted in on your tablet. I don't believe so because um, if you've ever played the new Battlefields, they, they utilize this battle log function of theirs now. So you probably just need to be logged into that. I don't think you have to be logged into. Uh, so what do you have like five PC. iPad players sitting there like vote for me, vote for me, vote for me. I want to play <laughs> I, something while I'm on my commute. Come on, damn it, vote for me. I have <laughs> no idea. I, I think the better the the better version of this that we're looking at though is the division because with the division, it's, you get it's, to fly a drone and shoot at people. Yes, but the thing, but the thing with that is that it's a small group. You know the people you're playing with. They're oh, your friends. Really? All right. Yeah. Which so means I, if they're not playing, I can't do anything during my commute. I honestly don't know. We'll have to see how it comes out. So it's only good if you you have a job and you're friends with a bunch of losers who don't and stay home and play the division all day. <laughs> this is how this is how this works. You need to find a group like just exactly. Final Fantasy XIV is going to let you upload YouTube videos <laughs> of its game now. Just so you know. Yay! Um, apparently, they were banning that before monetized videos. So, like people making let's plays and trying to earn ad money mm-hmm. on it, they were blocking it. Yeah. Now they're like, "Hey, you know what? We should let people put up videos of our game because then people might care about our game." It's, it's free advertising. It's like they figured out how this works, so they they're not banning it anymore. Uh, no word on whether Nintendo is going to stop banning Smash Brothers playthroughs. They won't. <laughs> Bye, Fox. Bye, Bye, Fox. Bye, Ed. Bye. 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 I, I gotta get going. Bye, Ed. Bye. Bye, Ed. Bye. 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 I'm gonna hang up now. Bye, Ed. Bye. Bye, Ed. Bye. Bye, Ed. He's gone. I like Fox. Yeah. He's like the one person on your staff I like. Oh, good for you. <laughs>
I'm, I'm glad that you like somebody. You don't like either of us, though, no, even though you're on our not. podcast all the time. You're not really on staff, are you? Are you still members of the staff? Anna, I am, but Anna is... I don't know yeah, what she's... she's I'm borderline. She, well, she's the board admin. Yeah, I'm the form administrator. Yeah, an adjunct. Because we won't let her write anything, because we don't want people accusing us of yeah, that's, corruption. Well, it's an, it's an ethical issue. She yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. We wouldn't let her write out... She response. wants to write reviews for things she doesn't do PR for, but they won't let her. It still makes her can. sad. I know. Yeah. Just like so I can't you know. have I can't have my sister, my wife's sister, in my classroom. Oh it's really? What? It's not like there's a rule against it, but it's unethical, so it can't be done. She can't. What do you mean in your classroom? Like in your class? Yeah. Why the hell not? I she's not allowed to walk in your class. My former mother-in-law come into the room. I mean, it's not my room. I don't own it. But no, she can't. The school, the university won't let her. Will let her, but it it would be unethical for it's me. It's weird because you know, like. That happens in like high schools and public schools it does. and stuff in high a schools, lot because how do you avoid it? Where are they going to go? Exactly. <laughs> well, you're forced to choose, you know, and that's, you know, that's the one class and they're, they're bumped into it. But at a university, there are so many other options available and they can go to any university they uh, want. So, you know, the thinking is if I were offering the only course and she had to take that course at that time, then I'm sure then the university would say, okay, well, that's understandable. It's greater paper maybe. All right. But, you know, I'm teaching rhetoric one, two, zero, so... She could be in any of the 15 different courses that are being offered in the same section. So, Like Rhetoric 121, 119, Rhetoric 311. 1020 is introductory college writing. So You said 120, but all right. I, I didn't mean to. It's 1020. 1020. 1040. 102. WD-40. WD all right. Way. Dungeons & Dragons Chronicles of Mistara is launching September 5th on Wii U. Out. Who, oh, out. oh, wait. That's past. Yeah, nobody yeah, cares. These games. That's this the, is the, the these, games. These these game say what? They were the beat 'em ups. Yeah, and people yeah. they came out on other consoles already, and people are like, "Oh, these games suck." No, yeah. they don't. They're awesome. Oh, oh, oh here we go. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. I, I, I'm sorry. I wait. I spent so many quarters on those games when they were originally in the arcade. They were so much fun. So you're gonna buy? Did you buy any of the re-releases that recently came out of these? I have not yet, but I do plan on it. Okay. I put a lot of quarters into Burger Time because that was the best game available at the time. But now I don't play Burger Time anymore because Burger Time is a bad game. I would play Burger Time now if I was better at it. No, no you, it's it's not a good game. You wouldn't want, Why would you want to play Burger Time? Hey, they made a new Burger Time, right? Burger Time World or whatever. Did they? Re- no, you're li- now you I really am, are I having not me on. No, Burger I don't believe Time this. World. No, Chris, Chris is right. Burger Time World Tour. I refuse to believe this. It is a 3D Burger Time game. No, I do not accept it. It's You can get it on WiiWare, Xbox Live Arcade, or PSN. Burger Time World Tour. Nope. It's not real. Yep. They, their site is even still up. Not real. 711 likes on Facebook, so they didn't do too well. <laughs> Square Enix releases a new card-based zombie RPG called Dead Man's Cross. That's all I'm going to talk about it, because there's too many of these things out right now. What and- kind of person likes burger time world like says to themselves world mm, tour like this game world tour wolf does i don't know what i didn't play make, it what does it make to create the individual like the mind of the individual that hey i remember that? liking burger time why don't i go try it out and see if i like this and then you, you do as a well, result i haven't tried it ah, yet. i got excellent. bored yeah eventually i never sat down to play it and so i deleted the demo off my ps3 was that like, was wise because like, I have there, too much other there are to things play. that that are unusual that could be good, and then there are things that simply it is not possible in this universe for them ever to be good, and that is Burger Time World Tour. And finally, I want to give you guys a story about how Nintendo is completely out of touch with the U.S. Is this going to wait? Wait, wait. <sighs> Did you see that? Wait, 
I know. This is I'm, about I'm, the I'm Street really Pass sc- Relay story. Oh, okay. But did you see the little letter I sent you? Oh, um, I don't Twitter, have it you handy. Should read I don't that have it handy, man. Oh, it's a pity. Where is it? Damn. Um, on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, but the, what how many weeks ago was that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, don't, I remember everything. I just don't remember when. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what it was about. <laughs> it was just <laughs> the form in which it was written was such that it was very um, something. I can't remember. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Was it September 2nd or so? Let's see. Was uh, it was farther back than that. Wait. Hey, Midgar. Further back. All right. Further back. I don't know how to look up. How do you? Why is it, isn't there an easy way just to search for tweets I sent to someone? Surely I can search my own tweets. Right? You'd think that. Is this it's about the, the ambassador program stuff or was it before that? Oh, yes. It is the ambassador program. Ah, here yes. we go. Here we go. You found it. I All found right. it. Yeah, I found it. <clears throat> so here's a letter from Nintendo to Joystick, apparently. Um, I like that it was written to one of the PR companies. Where is this? Where, oh, I don't see the letter in this article you linked here. I'm sorry. Hold on. Via Destructoid Source, it. Wii U Daily. Oh. oh, my gosh. Ah, here we go. Found it. Okay. Hello. Thank you for taking the time to write with your questions regarding a Wii U Ambassador program. The Ambassador program is only available to any Nintendo 3DS owner who purchased their system before August 12th, 2011, and there are no plans for a similar program on Wii U. I know that this isn't what you were hoping for, but we appreciate your support of our products now and in the future. I also want to assure you that your comments will be added to our records and made available for other departments at the company to use as they see fit. (laughs) Sincerely, Nintendo of America Incorporated, Helena Toledo. Now, if we go by the last time I got a letter like that, hold on. Here we go. Dear Chris, thanks for your recent letter. I can see why you want games like Xenoblade, The Last Story, or Pandora's Tower released here in the Americas, but at this time, we have no new information to offer or announcements to make regarding these games. I realize this is disappointing. Contrast with, I know this isn't what you were hoping for. But your comments have been documented and made available for other departments here to use as they see fit. We appreciate hearing what our customers, excuse me, consumers, find important. Sincerely, Sissy Barner. So, a, Helena apparently has taken over for Sissy Barner, and B, <laughs> they both have the same basic form to their letters, and C, uh, if we go by past, by what happened in history, we will see a Wii U ambassador program in the next Absolutely. three months. <laughs> it will happen, because we know, we know that they But that they will do, do it listen. instead of Nintendo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it will be Xseed's Wii U ambassador program. Yeah. I'm looking um, forward to all those Xseed games. Okay, <laughs> that was pretty good. All right, so, okay. Street Pass. This is how out of touch Nintendo is. Here is the story of how the Nintendo 3DS Street Pass relay occurred. This is how it came to be. Hideki Kono, who works in the software development department, I'm reading this verbatim from Polygon, software de- development department in Nintendo's Entertainment Analysis and Development Division, Wow, that's a lot of capitalized letters. Came to America in March and was surprised at how few street passes he obtained, even in Times Square. Uh, Let's see. His quote is, I was street passing with much fewer people than I expected, so I thought we had better do something. Have they never been to America before? This this is a software engineer who found this out. None of the executives from Nintendo Japan who came over, none of the, you know, the fact that people in the U.S. complained about it constantly for months. No, nobody in Nintendo America apparently told anybody. Nintendo, no, the software engineer had to go back. 
and come back and say, when Kano returned to Nintendo's office in Japan, he and a team of developers put together Street Press Relay, which allows 3DSs to send data to a central server when a user visits a Nintendo's own hot pass, hotspot. Excuse me. And when another 3DS owner visits that zone later, the 3DS will be able to receive that data. Uh, it relies on cloud computing technology from Amazon Web Services, which means they just spun up the servers on AWS because it was cheap, and uses approximately 100,000 hotspots around the globe. <laughs> but. Go ahead. But it doesn't actually work. Why? You've learned. Because apparently. Just this is this is just being reported. I don't know if you have this in your news story. We were talking about it today. Um, the the way that it functions is you actually have to log into these, yeah, via like another publicly available Wi-Fi service, which isn't offered through the Street Pass. So, for example, they'll have these hotspots outside of say a McDonald's. That was the the one that was being touted about, and that's fine. But you can't actually use them unless you first log in to public Wi-Fi on your 3DS. Mm-hmm. Which makes the street passes somewhat less useful if your 3DS is in well, your pocket. You're just wandering around. So we did that. Anna and I have tried this. We've gone to a number of street pass sites and we found that they worked. Um, and we got tags from them. Um, but I think I may have been logging into the public Wi Fi's as well and making sure the Nintendo yeah. Zone part was set up properly so that it would do the communication because yes it needs to talk to an internet server which means it needs to have its wi-fi set up and if you're in a nintendo zone an actual nintendo zone it's supposed to do that automatically yeah it should be doing it automatically but apparently a lot of these hotspots aren't in nintendo zones oh well if they're not in they're nintendo just, zone they're not going to work um yeah you they have don't to be work. it has to the 3s has to think it's a nintendo zone has to try logging in and then if it thinks it's a nintendo zone and is able to log in on its own it will go and talk to nintendo servers and look up the mac address of the hotspot that you're on and do the thing this is how home pass works so i it's have a-, a router right next to me on my desk that i turn on and i start getting street pass relays from people around the world um and that's much more efficient you get a lot more people that way <laughs> Because it's automatically turning into a different hotspot all the time, and it's great. And um, Home Pass is the way to go. You can find out how to do that on Reddit. I will not be your tech support, and uh, enjoy that. So yeah, Nintendo. Apparently, no, nobody's complaints or anything. We can't get any ideas until some dude goes on vacation to Times Square. Great, good to know. Whatever. People in America in the video games industry have been telling them this for years. <laughs> this doesn't work in America. So that's not how our infrastructure is set up. It's not how it works. No, it'll be fine. Don't worry. Either that or this guy did this trip seven years ago and it's taken this long to come up with a solution. I'm not sure which, you know, I'm not sure what it is. There's there's the relevant story. No matter what. Joystick. Yeah. So, yeah. So they don't work. Yeah. And you must have the firmware 6.2000U or higher. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you can't. And some people say even with that firmware, it doesn't work. Yeah, well, I have it. We've we've seen it work, and of course, the Home Pass works fine um, because you do figure you do make all that stuff work before you do anything. You make sure you have it logging into the Wi-Fi zone. So, um, yeah, there you Are go. Parents going to do this for their kids? No, no, of course not. Street Pass Relay. As, yeah, good job. As somebody who's completely out of touch with this, what what's the benefit of Street Pass? What's the point? Uh you get to trade puzzle pieces. That it? <laughs> yeah, you also get to why you grow I don't flowers. Use there, there's a bunch of mini games um, that okay, you can get for your 3ds. So there's a bunch of mini games that use the Street Pass data directly, and then pretty much any game on the 3ds will have some sort of Street Passing functionality built into it. Whether or not oh. it's good or useful depends on the game. So like either. Fire Emblem, you get to play against other teams that you pass. 
in the uh, Mario games, it's like they occasionally refill your toad houses. Um, in in Animal Crossing, you get to see all their houses and buy the furniture from their houses if you want. Aha. So it really varies on game. And so it, some of these games are greatly enhanced if you are street passing with lots of people, and it's hard to do in the U.S. So they, that's why they came up with this relay thing. So you could just, you know, while you're traveling about <coughs> to various AT&T Wi-Fi hotspots, you'll get tags. Um, but it turns out it's a lot easier to just set up your own router in your house to do it for you. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Ultimately, you probably don't need this. I mean, that's what it boils down to. Well, seeing as I don't have a 3DS, I definitely don't need you it. You definitely don't need it. <laughs> Silktail says, I heard McDonald's and Starbucks change things, so you have to log on to their Wi-Fi, which is why it That's started correct. failing. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You have to log into public Wi-Fi at like McDonald's now. That is oh. what it's saying. Joystick which that. is a pain to do to begin with on a 3DS, by the way, because it, it doesn't it have that sort of thing where it pops up and gives you the browser window to like, hey, you need to just click accept here, and then, then you'll be on Wi-Fi, but. You have to do it through their web browser as well. It's not like you can just click it in the yeah, settings really and say go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Smart. That's all we got, guys. Thank you for being with us on the show. And um, Wait, it's now playing. We did that at the top. Do you want to tell us what you were playing? <sighs> I played Final Fantasy fourteen for an hour this week. That was all of my That's gaming. It? That was it. You didn't play Borderlands Chris, 2 for 140 I, hours or anything? I wish I could. I don't. I don't have time. Why? What's your excuse? School I'm started this week. I'm a professor in an English department. But you already know everything. The kids are supposed to do homework. You, you just tell yeah. them they're wrong. Do you, do you know how long it takes to write a lecture? <laughs> That's something we can be done in two minutes. Hey, Sorry. I've had plenty of people who it's clear they don't bother writing their lectures before they get up yeah, to teach. Well, they clearly don't care. I actually care. I don't okay. want my students to fail. So right. I have to take these very complicated articles and turn them into lectures that can be understood by people who have never been in university before. I've actually... It's a nice little anecdote there. Here's something for you. Every single student in my ENG 1020 course, every one of them, it's the first class they've ever had at university. Wow. There's not a single person there who's like uh, second semester, uh, second year. Well, don't no, they have more than one class? class? Yeah, but okay. <laughs> my class is with, uh, first day that we opened, and it was really early in the morning. So it was also their first, like literally their first experience. Welcome to college! <laughs> yeah, I'm your, I'm your professor. That may be why something happened in that class that's never happened before, what? which is that at the end of the class, the students stood in a queue and shook my hand one by one before leaving. <laughs> is this what we're supposed to do at college? <laughs> yeah. I, so somebody I, did it, and everyone thought, oh, that's what you're supposed to do Everyone here. thought they were going to do it. Exactly. They queued up, right? <laughs> And I object. I just thought it was really bizarre. And I was like, telling Thank you for coming. Teachers, Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. It's a receiving line. Yeah, it was bye receiving. Bye. They introduced bye me and said, oh, bye now. So, bye now. Bye now. Bye now. I just shook hands and smiled. They, they, a lot of them told me how they were really excited and looking forward to taking my composition course. And I looked at them as if they, you know, were mentally ill. <laughs> You're not supposed to like composition courses. Okay, well, that makes one of us then. <laughs> we'll see if you still feel that way in a few weeks when you have assignments to do. It was fun. That was, that, that's what I spend my time doing, unfortunately. That and reading Norman French poetry. So. Ooh, that sounds delightful. Not a whole lot of time for gaming. Yeah, 240 pages of it due uh, on Monday morning, which I have to do still. So Tough. Bit tough. All right. So that's what Sean's been playing or not playing. And uh, the rest of us... Oh, Actually, that's a good opportunity for me to ask. Are we doing anything in WoW in the next month or two? Definitely not. Not you, Sean. No. Are you talking to me? I don't yeah, even have about our guild. Oh, oh you canceled? Uh, yeah, I don't have time. 
Oh, and also, uh, see, I talked about this. I keep forgetting where I've discussed this. Was it on this podcast or my own? Uh, my my problem with WoW is that it's moving farther and farther away from the the game that I enjoyed, which was Wrath of the Lich King. Mm-hmm. And we're at the point now where you can buy gear for money, and that was for me. Like, wait, okay, wait, wait, wait! They haven't happen. actually announced that, have they? It's not only announced; it's implemented. What? Yeah, buy gear for money. Go on their site, buy some gear. I don't want to. Yeah, neither do I. Wait, so, I thought that was only in Korea. Uh, as I understand, it's in America now, but it might be coming soon for us. But I was told that it was out now, so I could be wrong. Mm, okay. I didn't see. Um, in any case, that was for me. Like, well, you know, I'm. Not really liking now. Of course, with what is flexi rating? What's that? I saw that. Oh, oh you don't know what this is? No. This is this is this is a new rating system in between LFR and normal rating. Okay. Yeah, you basically have between eleven and twenty-four people. Oh, yeah, because that makes sense. Flexi rate. Okay. So now there's a, a yet another type of rating, another tier of rating. So I thought, you know, uh, it's time. I've I've gotten my money's worth with WoW, as it were, and 14 is coming out, and you know. But then you can't I'm join the Celestial Tournament. I don't I don't need to join the Celestial Tournament. Why not? Because 14 is out. Oh okay. And that is Celestial Tournament enough for me. I'm in Mithra Pride again. I haven't been in Mithra Pride since the FF11 days, and it was so nice being in it again. Like, are you sure? Wow. It's a yeah. little different than when you left, isn't it? It is a little different, as I said to them. I said, "Wow, it's." Amazing being here. I haven't been in Mithra Pride since my FF11 days. And someone said, yeah, it's really great for me, too. I'm really enjoying my time in Mithra Pride. And I'm glad to be back since Wednesday when I joined. All right, good. Um, it's fun. You're and playing on Sargatanas, then? Yep, Sargatanas with Michael. Okay. And Which means everyone. you have a Mithra, then. Of course I do. Yeah. All right. Is it's, it a it Mithra? Actually, no, it is just my character from FF11. Like, actually made it? it. Yeah, identical. It looks exactly like that character. Down to every little wow. detail. That's a lot of work. I have, to... all, these, I have all these screenshots. From all these extra f- customizability <laughs> features they put in 14. You're like, I don't want to use any of those. I, I need to avoid them all. <laughs> I turn them all off. Every single one. <laughs> okay, I must have green eyes. I must have this exact hair. I must have these symbols. For what it's face. worth, Everything I do not see off. this gear buying thing on WorldOfWarcraft.com anywhere. But... Must be coming eventually then. Hmm. It's, it is up. certainly out in some territories. That's and I was told scary. it was out for us. but maybe. Yeah, not yeah, yet. it is out in Korea. Okay. It is go. out for their and I think in China. It's out they specifically did it that way for the for the Asian market because they're they're doing a bunch of different stuff. It's like it's not subscription based or the subscription is considerably lower or you can rent time. I don't remember. They've been talking about this a lot well, on Korea, the Korea they they usually yeah, they just you get an account and then you pay for time on the computer. Yeah, it's right. Weird, right. So the the business model there is completely different. Yeah. And that's why they're doing things like selling equipment. And they're actually not selling equipment directly. It's a little more convoluted than that. But honestly, there's equipment selling in our version. I mean, it's just not directly from Blizzard. I mean, yeah, especially on Draenor where I used to be. People used to pay for runs all the time. Yeah. Well, I'm not so counting that. That's not what I mean. I meant but Blizzard. It's the same thing. It. No, it isn't, well, though. No, it not isn't. really because – there's, there's a difference between uh, a percentage chance to drop and participating in a group where you actually have to pay for your character and, you know, I bought this item and now I have it and that's that. I didn't right. And I mean, I think that's actually it. the thing is I don't actually think you're paying for um, the piece of gear. I think the way that the system works in the Asian territories is you pay for your um, reroll coin to have a guaranteed drop. 
Mm. Yeah, because I've been searching like buy gear Korea. Wow, I I can't find anything about this. Yeah, I mean they've basically made it a way so you can pay to guarantee you're getting something, but I don't think that they've actually made it. I'll go to MMO more... Champion, which is really well, should be called we're have WoW to Champion. Do some research and so, talk yeah. about this again next week. Yeah, guys. absolutely, bring that up because I would actually like to hear that. Though I won't listen to your podcast and know anything. <laughs> I was going to say Sorry. you're not going to listen to it. <laughs> I'm too busy. The only podcast – I don't even have time to listen to my own podcast. The only thing I listen to is the Test Match special. It's 15 minutes long. So that's I got to log into work. Garage. You need to uh, – I know Ashley's putting together a raid group yeah. and has almost a full raid group. So talk to her. Oh. She's the guild master. Well, so we thought we were – She can help you out. She, we were going to do one some weeks ago and then it fell apart and I haven't seen any invites she needed, since. She needed two or three more people, I understand. Yeah. So if you can help her get them, there you go. Mm. She's, got every, she's got a lot of people but not enough. So Okay. Sorry. All right. I'm going to be in 14. The problem is so am I, actually, for at least well, a see, month. There's you a know? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I'm told by Mel and uh, Imatanis that Final Fantasy 14 is or was sold out everywhere. Um, they suspended okay, so digital they sales. Stop, they asked GameStop to pull boxes from the shelf, and they stopped selling it digitally. Okay. Because apparently it was, it was sold out on Amazon as well. Yeah, they they are not restocking any retailer that is sold out, and they asked GameStop to pull boxes. Okay. And then I heard today that some of those places are, have gotten new shipment today, so maybe maybe they're easy. It was supposed to be next Tuesday. They were supposed to start getting in new shipments. Okay. So maybe they came early and they're holding them till Tuesday, or I'm yeah, not sure. they're going to hold them. Okay, so that's good. That That's something – see, I was wrong about this. I thought 14 was done for. Now, I didn't hope it was done for. I was very sad about it, but I'm pleased to see that it's done well. Perhaps we well. are going to have to have a conversation in 90 days about how well it's doing. Yeah. Uh, that's, the first three that's, months that's, of the game, the first three and six are really critical. Right. Well, there are certainly some people who aren't going to be around anymore because you see their names, right? I, I saw Mimsy Poppington yesterday. And I'm like, yep, that person's going to be gone in two months. <laughs> <laughs> if you, I've if actually you, seen was, people that I'm fairly certain they've had their name changed. Because it's like stupid. I actually think I ran across someone called Stupid Censorship. <laughs> or something like that. Congratulations to you, sir, whoever you are. Well- yeah, so, and I mean, there are people that, you know, as soon as someone official spots their name, they are totally going to be changed. Absolutely. There My is a lot of so far- innuendo running around as Mithras at the moment. That's true. I enjoyed Barry Poppins, though. That might have been my name. <laughs> It's giant Galka wearing all pink. <laughs> perfect. That is a winner. Well done. Well done. Practically perfect. All right. With that, um, let us let us have your emails and letters about uh, not regular letters. Let's just stick to emails about Final Fantasy fourteen and what you think about where it's going and if it's going to succeed. I want your MMO comments. Final Fantasy fourteen. Elder Scrolls Online is while selling equipment. What's going on? What do you think about the MMOs? Why do you just not care about MMOs anymore? Is there anything that anyone could do to make you care about MMOs? Just give me your comments on that. And we'll see you next week. Podcast at rpgamer.com. Thanks for joining us. You can join us every week, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at rpgamer.com slash live. Listen in live. Join the chat room like Wolf and Silktail and others. Um, we'll catch you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. See ya. Goodbye. Are we done? <laughs>